Hello, everybody. Welcome to the post-game overreaction show. My name is Rodney Nabulsi. I'm joined by Paul Meharry. Paul is actually at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I still want to call it Mercedes-Benz Dome because it's a dome stadium. Or I still want to call it Dome because it's – but Mercedes-Benz paid a lot of money for that, so we'll call it Mercedes-Benz Stadium where Georgia has scored 50 points. They scored 49 points when they were there last time. Paul, they're averaging 49 and a half points you know, good you know, math uh, ability there on my part. This season, playing inside the Georgia Dome, it looks like I'm going to be playing there again in 28 days against whoever they put at number four in the uh, playoff rankings. I can't see Georgia after a pretty impressive win over in the SEC title game. Can't see them falling from number one to number two. I don't care what Michigan does today. Uh, you were there. Tell us hey, – Paint the picture for us because it's tough. on TV. They kept they had all these packages they wanted to run. Hey, look at that graphic! And I get it. They spent all week building graphics and doing stories and doing video clips. Our man Dave McMahon is he helps them put that stuff together. They wanted to run all their items, but tell us from somebody who was there what it was like. Yeah, uh, I mean it was a boat race. I mean when Kirby and those guys went for two to go to up to the fifty burger. Everybody was like, "What are they doing? You know, why, why is why are they doing that? Are you, you chasing points? Yeah, and they needed them. You know, and, and I've got notes here for you know each each drive. So I kind of I don't know if you can see, but I've got notes for each drive here. So we'll we'll go in depth on each one of them. But uh, they they needed them at the end of the day. The backup quarterback uh, situation against Georgia seems to strike again. <laughs> you know, and and uh, you know it, it's one of those things. I, I'm curious to see what Kirby had to say in his press conference. Because, uh, let me see, I'll pull the stats real quick. I think, yeah, they had 502 passing yards. Newsonmeyer went 15 of 27 for 294 after Jaden Daniels came out of the game. And a half. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that uh, you look at and you go, damn, they scored 50 points, that's really good. But then you start looking at down the road, obviously, the matchups that Georgia could be facing, whether it be TCU or uh, – you got TCU or Ohio State, and I think right now you want TCU. You do not want Ohio State. Well, then all hell breaks loose, and nobody <laughs> knows what's going to happen, right? But I think at this point right now, you do not want to face Ohio State. You have some secondary issues, you know? But at the end of the day, you're SEC champs. You just hung 50 points in the Dome against an LSU team who, you know, for all intents and purposes, last week was – you know, whatever it was, it was a, feels like kind of an anomaly against Texas A&M, but they looked good. They, they they have really good wide receivers, and I think this is a good prep matchup for Georgia heading into the playoffs. Yeah, I, I, in a, my three-two-one column, I said, look, and Kirby mentioned as well, if they when they get the ball to those receivers, those receivers are explosive. Those guys get they're very explosive, yeah. And they had they were playing with house money. They look, we're down twenty points. Let's just throw it. And, tossed up some passes but here's the thing last uh, monday or excuse me last tuesday when coach donna was on the show on their live show he said you know georgia's maybe not as good as they are but they're not as bad as sometimes i make them out to be and basically just saying you know th- there are some issues with this team that he sees as a coach and he's told me many times that you know we've got some issues in the secondary kirby said it you know uh he said it publicly and privately you know they've got stuff to work on 
to me, the secondary was a, a bit exposed tonight. You see how to attack that secondary. Now, against the run, Georgia's lights out. But, you know, teams have been able to get them through the air. You just don't have the same linebackers who can do coverage like you did, you know, when you had N'Kobe Dean and Roquan Smith and guys like that. Uh, they're great against the run, not not as great against the pass. So you score 50 points, some crazy plays in it, um, dominant uh, offensive performance defensively, you know, they just had some issues. But again, a lot of that was the fact that they have to go a little crazy because you, you're, you're up two, three scores on them by halftime and they've got to throw it. And they just, they, they rolled the dice and they hit on some really big plays. There's some bad techniques in there that make you worry. And my thing was last year, the one team I didn't want Georgia to face was Ohio state with Olave and all those guys they had. Looks like you'd be facing Ohio state again with, you know, uh, Harrison jr. And some really talented wide receivers, not a great defense, but you just kind of wish that Ohio, I mean, uh, USC had pulled it out and were able to play against that terrible defense. <laughs> just think what uh, Brock Bowers would be doing to them. So uh, great offensively, good defensively, but this is the most points Georgia's given up all year. Somebody's blowing a Vuvuzela on the field or something. It's getting wild <laughs> over here. I, I thought it was done. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where Brent Wallens is uh, walking in right now. Hold up. Let's get a special appearance by Brent. Brent, what's going on? Brent, come come get in here real rolling? quick. Yeah, we're rolling right All now. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Jump on in here, Brent. Hey, Brent, hey, you're, you you're, no, you're an hour. No, take, take a seat. You're good. You're good. No, take a seat. Sit down, man. Paul just told me to take a seat. Paul's got to go smoke, so. That's what I'm <laughs> right. Brent, give me, you know, you always do your thoughts and observations from the post-game show. Give us your thoughts and observations on this game. Uh, the biggest thing, just I, I, they're the king of kings, like, the biggest conference in college football and best conference in college football, Georgia's the king. And and they're on the top of that mountain right now. And that's something to be celebrated and thing that can't really forget about. Outside of that, it's, hey, Stetson should be in New York. <laughs> like, I don't know that he's necessarily going to win it. Don't know that he should. But he should be there as a finalist. 100% should be there. Four touchdowns, almost 300 yards passing, no interceptions. Uh, twice they put the ball on the ground once once they lost it. Uh, minor thing, but, I mean, you get four touchdown passes in an SEC championship game, offensive MVP, you know, for the folks that say he's a system quarterback or, you know, it's the defense that wins it for him. They they needed all the points they could get, and he helped them get uh, 50 points. Now, granted, one of those was a run back on the uh, special teams, but – just a crazy game with the interception that bounces off a tight end's helmet, you know, <laughs> the, the block kick. Uh, but again, I, I, I said this before the game, it seemed like the only team that gets in Georgia's way, the 13 and 0 is Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. Well, I, I feel that I mean, way moving forward, to, honestly. When are they going to fix it? When are they going to fix it? <laughs> well, and think of, by the way, just think about the first half in to me, their five biggest games. So Oregon, South Carolina, games that sort of had some vibe, had some juice to them, had some buildup. Oregon, South Carolina, because they were you know talking smack in the offseason and just kind of feeling yeah. good about themselves as early. Florida, Tennessee, and then this game. In those five games, just in the first half, 139 points for Georgia, 22 for the opponent. So 100 like, and whatever. Over, like, you're averaging almost – 20 right at 20 something point lead at the half in these five biggest games it just sort of goes to show that when they want to put it in the gear that they want to there's there's nothing that can be stopped 
other thing I thought was interesting in the game was how much and what it wrote about how much shifting you saw from one side to the other, like continuously saw both oftentimes both Darnell and Brock Darnell Brock receivers shifting from one side of the ball to the other. Like how do you slow down speed and aggressiveness that LSU has on defense? You make it think a lot. Yeah. And I think almost every play there was a concerted effort to make them have to adjust and think in effort to kind of slow them down a little bit too, I think. Well, go back to last year, they would run that wedge, two tight ends and a wide receiver in tight. And you had this, you know, like almost like a trips formation that people are familiar with, but it's right on the line, the outside of the tackle. So you've got all those guys bunched up over there. And now both those guys can go out, soak in the wide receiver, you know, it's just, or you can run behind it. And Georgia kept running into it and they ran play after play. I think uh, there was three plays right before they scored where they ran three different run plays out of that formation. And each one was almost completely different. And we haven't seen them do that, but maybe once or twice all year, and they break it out for this game. And if you're Harold Perkins and you're all over the place and you're uh, B.J. Ogilari, wait a minute, I got Warren McClendon, uh, Rock Bowers, <laughs> you know, Darnell Washington, and Marcus Roseby Jack Saints stacked up over here. They might run into this or they might throw out of this. I thought it was – I've been waiting on it all year, and they've held that back. We talked about maybe them going a little vanilla – they held that until this game. Uh, I mean, well, and also just even like the five games that I mentioned, they're, they were over 60% throwing in, in those first four. It was 65% throwing in the first half of this game. Like, I think when you won you, the conditions, but then two, uh, just the game itself, you see aggressive Todd Monk can come up, sort of come back. And yeah. that's, that's when you're like that aggressive. And it's, and it's just like anything else. It's throw to get the lead throw to take control of the game, run the ball to finish the game. And they did that today. I mean, I think that at one point we were talking uh, in the box, you know, it was 150 yards rushing through much of the third, just the third quarter and early into the fourth that they had. What a masterful, masterful performance you had in the second quarter. Georgia only had three plays. They had one drive, three plays in the – First 13 minutes of the game, they had that one driver went three and out. They finally get it back, and they drive the length of the field. But the second uh, second quarter, starting with the block kick, and then just absolute – it kind of felt like that Florida game where it was really tight until there was two minutes left, and then Georgia scored like three times in two minutes. That second quarter had that same feel to it. Yeah, and it was well, – was, other than the missed field goal, it would have been five straight drives of touchdown or points, and four of those yeah. were touchdowns. And it's – it was dominant. I mean, it, yeah, there's three. The, and the, I will say there, there's a lot of the sort of throwing game part of it that LSU and the space and the deep ball and things like that, where you're like, I, I just think that's how someone's going to have to beat them. But here's yeah. what you have to do when you do that. You have to do that for four quarters and consistently. Because what, what happened in that se- second quarter that you just mentioned that run three straight three and outs for LSU. Yeah. Like, and, and when, when you combine that with them and their aggressiveness offensively, it's just, yeah, I don't see, I don't see much stopping them other than, like you said, themselves. Uh, I like Kevin Tolbert's, well, what time is the Bama game tonight? That, that's cold-blooded. <laughs> that, is, that is some cold-blooded stuff there. Well, I'll let uh, Mr. Paul take back over because this, right. this is his rodeo. The POS right. is his. Brent, we appreciate it. Thanks for all you do, my friend. All right. 
folks, if you're, if you're not following Brent Rollins uh, on Twitter, please do so. He is the doctor. He's got a PhD. I don't think it's in football, but it might as well be. He does a lot of our analysis, our Film Don't Lie series. The guy is a, a football genius uh, when it comes to you know, breaking down film. And he's coached a little bit. He's played a little bit. But uh, be sure to follow Brent and follow the Film Don't Lie series. If you're watching us on uh, uh, Facebook or Twitter, Go ahead and you know like that page, subscribe to our YouTube page because that's where they post all these film don't lie uh, pieces. They have a great breakdown of the offense and defense from this game and the play of the game. Um, that's going to be my next question. I'm going to go ahead and tip my hat here um, to uh, Paul. I'm going to ask him what the play of the game is because there's a lot of good ones. But they'll also be breaking down in the upcoming weeks whoever George's opponent is in the uh, – uh, playoffs. So if it's TCU, Ohio State, whoever it is, they will be looking at those teams offensively and defensively and having you prep for what's coming. So uh, we'll mention that. Uh, good to see you. Uh, I feel bad that I can't get all these uh, comments in here. we got a ton of them going from Brett and Josh and uh, uh, Robbie and everybody. I'm going to keep popping them in there. But uh, Oh, and we saw Rico Johnson had joined us for a second there. Hey, Rico, come back. Pick and up we the got phone. Matthew Rotten giving us some pounds over here. So in your opinion – who are we playing next, guys? TCU. You. Yeah, I think you want TCU. I think Ohio State will jump them. Because uh, here, here's my take on that, right? There's a lot of people saying, well, the committee doesn't want uh, the Michigan-Ohio State rematch. Yes, they do. That game was the most televised, watched televised game this year by a large margin. Yeah. And they don't want that again? Are you absolutely out of your mind? Yes, they want that again. And Michigan might not want it again, but Ohio State wants another shot at them in a primetime game because that game will be the Fiesta game. It'll be 8 o'clock. Primetime Ohio State-Michigan rematch. They can build that up for three weeks. Are you kidding me? So the people saying that the college football playoff doesn't want that rematch, is is, they're they're not correct. That's not right. They they want that rematch. This was a great point that actually happened on the show. So during, I think it was halftime, Coach Donnan starts, gets, whips out his phone. And you know, he talks to everybody who's everybody. You know, that's why he's able to get like Reese Davis and Kirk Herbstreet and Mac Brown and uh, Dabo Swindy and all these guys to come on our uh, podcast and such like that. He talks to national pundits all over the place, Paul Feinbaum, guys like that. So he starts making calls during halftime. I'm saying, what the hell's he doing over there? And he's talking to people, and he wants to know what's, what does it look like for the playoffs. And what you bring up is very important. They don't care so much about the matchups as they do the rankings. In other words, you're not going to move a team up to avoid a certain matchup. You want to say team number one is one. Number two spot is our second best team. Number three is the third best team. We're not going to put the third best team at the fourth spot so that they have to avoid the second best team and play the, you know, play the number one. We're going to put them in the order that we expect them. And I was like, that's – and, again, he's talking to people who who talk to people on the playoff committee. And I'm with you. I'm thinking, oh, yeah, they're going to have a, set, a different motivation to avoid these matchups. But you're Hell right. Hell no. And, and what cha- – what, uh, Dane made a good point. What network would it be on? Uh, isn't Fox Fiesta? I don't think so. In other words, who a different all? network would get that and get oh, all the ESPN. So, of course, they're like, yeah, give us, give us those games. So, people would like to see it. I don't think people would want to see it in as a championship game. What happened when Alabama and Georgia played as in a rematch? I was like, well, we've already seen this game, you know. So, I think seeing it as a semifinal instead of a final is also uh, – would be two birds with one stone, if you will. 
And also to uh, Indy Clip's point here, he says you get a rematch and you get a Big Ten team in the championship 100%. So the Big Ten would go for it. That's a great point. I didn't even think that. Tim would 100% yeah. go for it. Yeah. Uh, they're, it they're all on, they're all they, on ESPN. You get two yeah. win and nobody makes it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it, you know, it's one of those things where I don't know where that whole talk of the playoff community doesn't want those two teams. That would be a humongous game. And absolutely, like, you have to think of total views, right? So you have to think of the one versus four and two versus three. Georgia, TCU, and Michigan, Ohio State is going to garner more views than if you split up. Ohio State at four and TCU at three. Those, those, the Georgia Ohio State game will get a little bit of views, but that Michigan TCU game, nobody's going to watch that. No, and nobody cares for that game. But you switch them up, you get Georgia. They're going to bring their crowd, right? There's always a big crowd to watch Georgia, and then you get Michigan Ohio State. That's your best ratings, and I think that's also like you said, Roddy. One, two, three, four. One Georgia, two Michigan, three Ohio State, four TCU. That's how the best teams are right now. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's, those are the best. So. That's that's what you go with, and you can't. If TCU, when, you, when they're working it out, if all of a sudden you're like, okay, you lost, and we're going to leave you at three, and, and maybe that's fair, because they lost in overtime by what a foot, you yeah, know, like, foot, you know yeah. in. so I could see someone saying, no, we're going to keep it right there. Hey, uh, we're going to bring in uh, Rico Johnson. So I, he heard he heard his name. He popped up. All right, Rico, give us your thoughts here. Hey, let me get that banner out of your face real quick. Can you guys hear me? Yes, sir. Hey, how y'all doing? Uh, always been a fan of the show. Uh, first time uh, actually like in the actual show itself. But um, I've always been a fan. And, you know, first thing first, go dog. So. <laughs> there you go. Appreciate it, Rico. Hey, give us your thoughts on the game, my friend. And then tell us what you want to talk about. First um, thought, then, then your point. Um, Overall, the game – I felt like the offense was dominant, um, but I don't know what the defense – I don't know if they were drunk last night. I don't know. They, I don't know. And I'm honestly – I'm getting – I don't know what's, I don't know what's going on with Kelly Green, though. Like, I do. He has his good games, and then he just does, like, boneheaded things. Like, And it's like it's like uh, consecutively he does it, um, not turning his head around, getting lost where the ball is. Uh, not making plays in the ball. I don't know. It's just, I'm like Kelly. It's like I don't know what I um, digress in, in a year. But um, I think the MVP of the game on defense was Jalen Carter, though. He, he just completely just um, went on another level. And I, that was like the most disrespectful thing I've ever seen, um, getting sacked and then lifted up. One bro. <laughs> like a girl, like a, a child. <laughs> um, I, I, with I one hand, just out, Rico. Yeah. I don't mean to interrupt you. Yeah. Man, you about to get blown out of there? No, I said I said with the one finger. This is what Carter was doing. Oh, no, yeah. All of a sudden, you got really loud in the background there. So, oh my bad. No, but you're right. He holds him up, and Rico, I tweeted this out. That's the single most dominant play I've ever seen. And again, I've been doing this since 1993. Covered Georgia, and you know, I was I remember seeing Jadavian Clowney knock a guy's helmet off. Well, you hit a face mask, it pops. That was it was a monster play. But my point is, when you just destroy an offensive lineman, then grab the quarterback and hold him like you know a, a teacup poodle, you know, yeah. like a three year old child. And Jake Daniels just laughing like this man's got me. Yeah, he, he, he's all back. You got to go to the sideline. You got to leave the game. Jake Daniels, but that was it. Really, it you know I'm sure you've played 
uh, flag football, you know, at a Thanksgiving meal or dinner with, you know, your nieces and nephews or your cousins who are little kids and you, you pick up the four-year-old and you just hold him over your head. It looked like a man amongst boys. Don't mean to rub I don't know if y'all been on. I don't know if y'all been on Twitter, but there's like memes of him doing it, and they got like one of the Lion King. And <laughs> oh, I ain't seen it yet. I ain't <laughs> seen it. That's hilarious, man. Dude, hey, Paul, you gotta look that up and uh, yeah, share. You gotta find that Lion King. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had a question for you guys. So, I mean, going back to the defense, do y'all think that was like a game plan to allow them to just air it out? Or, uh, I mean, the run game was like pretty much that was a no go. But I mean. Yeah, right. You're not gonna give up 500 yards of uh, <laughs> passing. Well, put it this way: they had uh, Ohio State, LSU had one 10-yard or one run of more than 10 yards, a 40-yard, 47-yard rush. So that was the only one that was over a 10-yard run. They gave up what 14, 13, 14 passes. They were almost uh, 10, 20, 20 yards just through the air. Georgia secondary is not that good. And I'm, yeah, honestly. people keep asking me why, you know, why are you so pessimistic? Why do you keep worried? Why are you worried about the Kentucky game? You know, they just lost to Vandy. I'm like, well, you know, you're going up against a, a great quarterback and Vandy's got to prove themselves. They just lost to, I mean, uh, Kentucky's got to prove themselves. They just lost to Vandy. Why are you worried about Florida? We're going to kill Florida. I'm like, because Anthony Richardson's pretty good. Point being, I've known that this secondary has some issues. They're, they're, this is not the same secondary that you had. This isn't, uh, Otis Reese back there, and not Otis Reese, uh, a Lewisine back there. Yeah. You know, this, uh, they, they, Malachi Starks was good, but he's, he's a freshman. He's, I don't, yeah. I don't, I, I'm not putting that much blame no. on him. And so. again, and yeah. before me, they have not faced a lot of great teams. They faced some good teams, but everybody they faced has been pretty mediocre. Now they went up against a guy who was throwing for his life and he made some crazy passes. But how many times were they bracketing a wide receiver? And the guy made the catch. You had two on one, and he still came down with the ball. So that's why I'm not saying I'm scared of Ohio State, but I, I would feel much better if Georgia's going to play USC. So they're not as great against coverage as they could be. Now, when Georgia's defense knows it's a pass, in other words, you got it behind the sticks, it's you know third and eight, this is a dominant defense. Second and nine, great. First and ten, second and three, they get gashed. That's just right. how it is. Go back, look at every game. When they get a team behind the sticks, they kill them. When they get a, and most of the year, Rico, they have a lead, a two-three score lead, which makes the other team do what? Throw the ball. You drop seven-eight into coverage. I, I get, I get what you're saying. The reason why I like ask the questions because, um, I mean, for the ever since Kirby's been here, we always had like a a, a defensive like you know, bend but don't break. So when yeah. we get into that red zone area, they were I, soft. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, they played were, a lot of that was soft play. But also the uh, when they were in man, they got burned. They went to zone, they got burned. So some of you're playing soft. You know you got these huge cushions trying to keep everything underneath you, and they still got behind you and burned you into double coverage. Yeah, I found that uh, picture by the way. Here it is. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, right. Uh, Alan Fowler says uh, from Jaden Daniels' Wikipedia entry at the moment, Jaden Daniels, born December 18, 2000, is an American football quarterback for the LSU Tigers. Daniels is a son of Jalen Carter of the Georgia Bulldogs. Daniels previously played for Arizona State Sun Devils before transferring to LSU in 2022. So I love our good. fans, man. I love yeah, our fans. Yeah, man. That's oh, some good shit God. right there. That, I love that. 
that I love really that good. photo. So shout out to uh, I think yeah, that's Field Street Forum that put that up. So shout out to those guys over there. Uh, that, that's that's bad pretty bad. good. Yeah, I don't want to hold up uh, too much, guys. If anybody else is in the chat, but uh, I just wanted to get on and just uh, share my thoughts and. Uh, we, we appreciate it, man. Yeah, Rico, so that's why we have the show, my friend. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. Thanks, Thanks Rico. Hey, Enrico, be sure to come back next time. You too, yeah. We'll see you. We'll see you in a month. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, that, uh, hey, great uh, comments there from Rico. I love that. And folks, uh, get your questions into the comment section there. We'll try to put it. Oh, look at this. Yeah, I know. They were going to. It was 14 to 7. My TV just shut off in my suite here that I rented out uh, for the show. Uh, they call back I, a touchdown? Yeah, they call back a touchdown. So it's 10-7 now. Uh, let's see. Who we got next? Uh, we got Eddie from Ackworth. Oh, boy. Then we got John after him. What is he wearing? Eddie, what are you doing? Dude. I just dropped my face. baby. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> that look, that looks like you're on HGH or something. Like, you can't take that. <laughs> it's not legal. He's got that liver key stuff going on there, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. He just won the SEC. And Roddy, here you go, right here, baby. Uh, I gotta move it. Uh, wait, no. are you wearing pants? Yeah, I'm wearing pants. Please, yeah, yes, I'm pants wearing on. pants. Relax. There you go, Roddy. Right there. Right there. Oh, oh. Check it out. yeah. Look Russell at the town, and, and that's my beautiful wife right there in college. So there you go. There you right go. there. Do, do your ads, my friend. Go for yeah. it. Yeah. But I do. I do want to mention I'm having a celebratory, uh, old-fashioned, with my fiddler bourbon. I got the Georgia Heartwood. Uh, that's. I'm embarrassed to tell you. I'm not going to tell you how many bottles that of that I've had. That's. Okay. <laughs> but point being, when you get a chance, check out their uh, ASW Distillery. This is uh, award-winning bourbon, award-winning gin, award-winning vodka. Uh, they have tasting three tasting rooms in Atlanta, one over the battery. Go try it out. And here's the thing. Five of their six founders are Georgia alums. And when they go and they win all these awards from the World Spirits Competition, it is well-earned. These are blind taste tests. So Georgia fans, national champs, the folks at ASW Distillery, absolute champs. They win all these gold and silvers in their um, – in the, in the blind taste test. So if you want fantastic bourbon, gin, uh, vodka, try it out. The, the rye, the rye, the resurgence rye is fantastic. You know, everyone's like, well, you got to have this so rye, you know. No, try the resurgence rye. I'm not even a rye drinker. I love the stuff. So hit up ASW, and I will tell you who won the free bottle of bourbon here shortly. And I think we're going to do – we'll set up one more for the uh, playoff game. So uh, I'll get to that in a moment. All right, Eddie, give us your uh, take there. Hey, before you go on, Roddy, yes, I had man. that, by your request, I had that Bustletown vodka for my yeah. boys coming over, and we had Bloody Marys, and you asked me about it. Uh, the bottle was gone by uh, there we go. Uh, 5 o'clock that afternoon. <laughs> Just saying. Well done. The first vodka I would drink straight. Yeah, it was good. Excellent. Uh, 50 to 30, you really can't argue with much. I mean nope. – but um, this is the post-game overreaction show, and what I love about this is that Kirby can look at this team and say, boys, that defense was putrid, and it really <laughs> was at times. It was. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I have never rooted for my team in this fashion, okay? It was 50 to 23, 
and they scored that bullcrap touchdown where we had the guy and he threw that, I don't know, Achilles Ringo just fell asleep on that play. And he hit the guy in the back of the end zone. It was 50 to 30. I was screaming and beating on my chair because they just scored 30 points. That's where we are as a fan base. I was <laughs> I was literally upset by that. Okay. I, and, and by no means is I like we're gonna lose the game. It, it's style points at that point, right? But that's where we are as a fan base. Now, to go back to what the previous caller was saying, I forgot his name. I'm sorry about Rico. Rico. Okay, Rico. And and I understand what everybody's gonna say. They're gonna crap all over Keely Ringo. They're gonna crap all over Mal- Malachi Starks. And granted, our quarter, our cornerbacks did not have a good game today. But I need to ask Brent Rollins this because he's the expert, but I'll throw it out to you two guys. <laughs> I think the plan in this game, well, he is. I mean, he he, is. I'm the expert. I think the plan in this game was they thought Jaden Daniels was going to be healthy and he could kill them with his legs. So it was not a all-out blitz go after him. It was kind of a... I don't know what you call it, kind of a slope type of blitz. And Jaden Daniels was not healthy. Well, they couldn't just change that on the fly. And that continued with the backup quarterback. It was a slow type of blitz. And that killed him because he picked them apart. Am I wrong about that? No, yeah, I, I definitely noticed that. Uh, the, the blitz was coming. It was just very slow. So there was time back there. And, and I don't know if that's what was on purpose, but the, the pass rush wasn't getting home. And you could see it kind of from the bird's eye view that we had in the press box that, yeah, they were sending guys. They just weren't getting home. And so what was happening was you had your, your corners having to play a little bit longer in that mm-hmm. man coverage, and it ended up not working out. I'm curious, though. I mean, this is, like I said, to kind of open the show, this is another backup quarterback that obviously Georgia knew Jaden Daniels was going, right? I think everybody right. did. So, he looked good to start. I mean, hey, yeah, he look, did. He did. And then the play the play he came out on. Everybody that gave me shit about – Calling the game, well, I picked Georgia win by nine. They're like, they're going to blow them out. Right. And so you were player, nervous the way they drove down the field and scored, and were they looked really good. Then all of a sudden, uh, uh, Tremel Walter lands on his ankles, and he's mm-hmm. a little iffy, and it gets worse through, as the game goes on. This this is not a bad team. They're not terrible. And uh, then, again, a backup quarterback comes inside in a championship game. Yeah. And you're like, I've seen this play before. So – yeah, but that, that's my point. I think they prepared all week for Jaden Daniels, right? And much like they did going into the game against Alabama when the backup came in. They prepared for a different quarterback, and it was a different type of quarterback. And they couldn't just change on the fly and say, okay, we need to do this now, right? It was right. kind of well, – But here's, a, here, here's the problem with that, though, is that they were passing only. They, I mean, they, that's all they were doing. Yeah. They were, they were just passing. And so – uh, the right That's man Shea, gives us gives us two dollars here. He says it's called delayed blitz. Absolutely, yeah, it is. Yeah, uh, we appreciate that. And they were passing only, so you, you get into pass formations, and you should be able to stop that, you know. But Newsmeyer looked like at times like Joey B out there, yeah. like he, he looked really good throwing balls on dots. Like, you know, why could you not stop that? And then the one time they run the ball, they got I forgot what it was. It was their longest rush of the day, though. Forty-seven yards. Yeah, 47 yards. Uh, but they had no other rushes that were beyond 10, 10, uh, 10 yards. Yeah, so because they because they, they realized, hey, we got to pass the ball to get back in it. And they're well, they picking you, on guys. You do your defense, you all of a sudden you're only rushing three, you know, when you're doing that delayed blitz. Uh, on Keely Ringo's, and I argued with Coach Don about this, and I'll always take his side because I thought the Keely Ringo was in man 
all the way down the field. And when the guy got to the end and ran across the back of the end zone for the touchdown, that Keeley stopped. But the second angle showed that he's passing off to Malachi Starks. Well, it was uh, at the deep center uh, in that yeah. zone, and he wasn't there. So it was it was like, oh my God, Keely. Now Keely Ringo had some bad plays. I'm not I'm not here to defend Keely Ringo because he had some. He jumped early on one ball that could have been a pick. He got turned around, pass interference calls. He's had a bunch of them this year. He, I don't. He's got. He has some issues. Point being, though, when we're going to crap on him for that last touchdown in the back of the end zone, that was zone. That's supposed to be Malachi Starks back there. When all of a sudden they were facing a crazy pass attack with a very accurate quarterback, the guy, the guy was looking really good. That was a serious. Uh, you, you can adjust to it, but every adjustment they made, he still picked them apart. He, he got him in zone. He got him in man. And they were. And I think Kirby's not trying to cover. He's just trying to win. So he's going to let him say, "Look, let's go soft and try to keep in front of him." And what did they do? They still went deep. You know, even against your uh, your designed trying to keep things up front. So, and I, I have a I have a question for both you guys because Derek Walker brings up a good point. He says. Man, I was glad we had a three-possession lead when uh, Newsmar came in. What if you didn't? I mean, what would this game be different? You know, because he he was would moving. He, would he have attacked like correct? That? Uh, that's what I'm also getting at too. Would would it have been that same type of game plan? I don't think so. So, you know, you 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 look at it that way. It's like they knew that they were passing the ball. They were, I mean, they were. Everybody knew they were passing the ball in every play. If he starts the game, I think they obviously have a different game plan. And so does Georgia, right? Exactly. So to, to, give, to give Georgia credit, they would have a different game plan for him than they did for Jaden Daniels. So, uh, so I got a question for both of you guys. The two-point conversion, was that a scoring thing or was that we're getting a 50-burger right here? The, the well, numbers tell you to go for 50 so that you're up by 26. We're up by what? You're up by, by what? We did the math in this uh, press box, so you're up by 27 as opposed to 26. So they can go for eight three times and then get a field goal, and you're still tied. So you're up by, you know, a ton of points. So you're up by four possessions at that point, given well, that they get all their all their scores. Gary Danielson pointed out on the broadcast that Brian Kelly's going to store that away, and he's going to go after Kirby because that was not right. That was classless, basically, is what he was saying. I mean, but you, you saw – yeah, you, you saw you saw what uh, it meant something to Todd Munkin, right? Because you saw on the TV <laughs> broadcast uh, that he was ecstatic after the two point. And I oh, think yeah. I, I think I think there's a couple of things that, that play with that two point conversion. And, and both of you can correct me if I'm wrong. Not yeah. only do you not yeah, I know. Uh, not only do you get uh, 80 Mitchell involved. I mean, he was when after he threw that pass, he went over to the sidelines and jumped six feet off the ground. And, and so did I. Yeah, that was fantastic. So, so you get 80 involved and you get his, you know, emotions in the right spot. Yeah. And then you also get Darnell involved. So you get both of those guys involved who are going to be very big to you moving forward. Yep. And you also scored a 50 burger and you brought out a trick play. I mean, there was no downside to that. Now, let's think. If Georgia won 49 to 30, would we be looking at this game any differently? Probably not, but it is really cool when you score 50 points. Like that's yeah. like a, you know, that's a big deal. So I think you, there's a lot of things that play there, but you, you know, you got AD involved, you got Darnell involved. They're happy. So Here, but the more interesting thing, uh, Eddie, before we let you go, is that they, Kirby in the pre post game press conference said they had never repped that with AD Mitchell. Really? They had never, never, they had never repped it. 
I think it was Kirby or it might have been Stetson Bennett, but one of them said we've never repped that with him. So Holy you want to see why God. the uh, the guy who's up for the uh, most valuable assistant coach award, uh, definitely you know, the final two guys, in my opinion, uh, is cheering is because a guy who had not repped it was able to complete the pass to uh, Darnell Washington. So, Wow. That's unbelievable. How did they even know he could throw the ball? A football player, man. Come on. Well, I know, but I mean, come on, Roddy. I mean, you know what I mean. They haven't repped it. You never know. How well, you know, I would I would like him to work to show Stetson Bennett how not to overthrow a six foot eight tight end. <laughs> well, hey, now Stetson had that touchdown to Darnell early. Yeah, so that was a beautiful pass. To it was. It was a yeah. And Brent Rollins called it. We were in the press box. He said Darnell. He just he just yelled out Darnell's name, and then you just saw it float over. And I was like, Yep, there he is. And and he said it. Brent Rollins said Stetson should be in the Heisman conversation at this point, and it's such a shame because Brock Bowers is literally the best player in college football, and he's not going to get even a mention because there's been several games where he has like very few catches yeah, or whatever. two catches the for blocking, twenty yards. The blocking, the downfield blocking, throw the ball in his area, he makes the catch, gets ten yards after he gets hit. The guy's the best player in college football. Period. Yep. These, these headphones are so. They did. Oh, I'm sure. Hey, but – and also what happened? They started chasing points early on. Uh, LSU had tried it, so he's like, look, you can try it. Well, we'll try ours. And what are you doing? Uh, this is why I, I was a little annoyed they didn't bring – and we'll bring in John T. and Anthony here in a minute. Uh, I was a little annoyed they didn't bring in Beck earlier because I'm like, look, okay, you've got this game well in hand. Now's a good time to try your two-point conversion. I wish they hadn't given that play away. But you know, I'll bring in these other guys, get them prepped, try everything you're going to need to beat Michigan or Ohio State or TCU or whoever you're facing in the playoffs. You know, you got a nice lead. Now work on the stuff you need to work on. So so I know you all are going to move on, and I appreciate that, and thank you for letting me on. Who do we play next round? TCU. TCU. You think so? Yeah. Not Ohio State? You think? Do you think No. No, I, I kind of went through it, but I mean, this is all this is about the best teams for one. I think TCU is the fourth best team, and it also but, well, wait, Gary said Alabama's one of the best four. Teams. No, they're they're not. They're not. But they're trying to talk something into existence. Now, I I jokingly on radio on uh, Friday said they asked me, you know, what does what are Georgia fans looking for um, uh, when you're watching TCU and USC? I said. They want both those teams to win because Georgia wants to play TCU. They want to play USC. That you know, just makes it your path to the uh, championship easier. You don't want to get Ohio State or Alabama into it. I don't care what if they're ranked five and six. What's going to happen is they're both going to lose, or we're going to see Ohio State and Alabama in the title. And I was joking. <laughs> Ohio State's going to be there, and again, I will not. I will believe that Alabama is not going to be in the playoffs when I see their cold dead corpse on the side of the road. Okay, That's right. I agree uh, with you. Just because of muscle memory on the on the fact that that playoff committee is like, well, don't we always pick Alabama no matter what? There's no there's no shot in hell that you get two Big Ten teams in and two SEC teams in when you I have one lost teams. Like I agree, I'm TCU. Just saying, keep I, I think, I'll Roddy. I'll believe it when I see it. Well, you'll I'm see it. When, when's the, the show's tomorrow? Right, the show's tomorrow yeah. at noon. You'll see yeah. it tomorrow at noon. It's going to be Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, and TCU. So. All right. Appreciate it, Eddie. We're going to bring him down next. <laughs> See you, I man. Love I love it. That's awesome. Uh, Eddie's always a trip. We got John. John's What's up, Big John? What's up, guys? What's up, man? 
Hey, thanks for waiting, John. We appreciate it. And uh, T and Anthony and Dane, we see you guys in the comment section. We'll bring you in in a minute. So, um, you know, you talk about Georgia taking the next step or uh, being an elite program. You know, I can remember in 2017, like this was like a pinnacle. Today was. And then it had been 12 years, right? I think 05 was the last time we'd won it. I mean, we were ecstatic now. And I think it's great, but what we've come and what Kirby's built as a program, this is just another stepping stone to a season. And like yeah. you said on the – Isn't that weird? It's, it's, I, I'll be honest with you, I feel guilty. <laughs> I mean, 2017, I couldn't even – I mean, I couldn't even talk right now. And not, You know what I mean? You're talking about libations, especially in 05. But, like, I think that's okay. And I, I don't know, like you said on the show with Coach Don and – I think you have to enjoy it, obviously, but you can even tell, like, with coach, with the with coach and the players, it was they were happy, but it was it's another stepping stone, yeah. and and I think that that's there's something to be said for that, and I think it's okay to feel that way. John, I agree with you 100. percent And actually, in my predictions, I was one of the reasons I predicted the game to be tighter than it was was because this game meant so much more to LSU. Right. They had just lost to Texas A&M, who had only had one SEC win. This was a team they're like, look, if we win the SEC in year one under Brian Kelly. Oh, God almighty. Dude, parades in Baton Rouge, you know, just, right. just LSU's back. It's just wild. And, you know, the, the belief and the recruiting bump they would get, this was their Super Bowl. They needed this game. Right. Georgia wanted this game but didn't need it because what is Georgia looking at? We got 15 uh, uh, bowl practices, maybe with a couple guys who enroll early towards the end there. You know, we, we Georgia wants to win, so they are guaranteed to be back in Atlanta on the, you know, on the 31st. Uh, but you're right. It's just like last year was a crazy season, but you learned that you didn't need the SEC title because an SEC ring is nice, but that national championship ring is huge. So I'm with you, John. It's like, eh. And actually mentioned that, remember, was it 2011 when Georgia was just happy to be there? Right. You boat raced them. But, yeah. but this kind of way it felt for LSU. We're happy to be here. Oh, my God, Georgia's here. Crap. You know what I'm saying? Right. But I'm with you. It's weird. This is a golden age. When they showed that graphic of where teams are, you know, with these crazy win streaks. Come on. I know. Uh, no, I'm sorry. No, I'm just going to bring this up. Says uh, Dr. Greg Steely says Kirby was not happy a ton of fans didn't stay until the end. I could see that because there was there was a ton of fans leaving with like two minutes left. And I even looked at Jed and I was like, "You stayed the whole game, don't you want to watch the celebration?" So it, to kind of your point, John, traffic. it's almost, well, yeah, but you're not beating the traffic here in Atlanta. I, I mean, I <laughs> but it, it's it ties into your point, John, a little bit because back in 2017, you know, you were he's so happy. And then this year, there's fans leaving with like, like I said, like three, four minutes left. They're like, after Robert Beal uh, forced that fumble, the whole stadium cleared out. And I was like, hold on, don't you want to watch the SEC championship? Thing? Right. Okay, all right. Guess nobody wants to. They're gonna know, rush like, home and buy their tickets for LA. I guess, man. Like I said, you're not beating this traffic. <laughs> whether you... Well, <laughs> which leads me into my next point, if that's okay. Yeah, Quick, Eisman. I, I'm a diehard dog fan my entire life. I've never taken any credence into the Heisman, and I'm not trying to offend you guys if you're voters. When Ron Dane 
beat Joe Hamilton for that Heisman. I I, I quit in '99. I quit. That was the biggest one of the biggest fraud in sports. And I, and I think and again, diehard Dolphin, but Joe Hamilton got robbed. So I've never given a whole lot of credence to the Heisman. But if Stetson Bennett is at least not sitting in a chair and they're doing that cute little piece about him down in black shit that they do for every guy there, I, I think it is a bigger crock of shit than it already is. And that's no offense to you guys if you're voters. But he deserves it. I'm not saying he should win, even though I do believe he should win. But he should be sitting in a seat next Saturday night in New York, in my opinion. You, hey, John, you're 100% right. I don't think it'll happen because no. it. And I make, I'm not a Heisman voter. There was, I remember though, I'm old enough to remember when basically you could apply to be one and you could just be anybody. And a bunch of journalists jumped in and they filled up a little form and all of a sudden they were new Heisman voters. It was not this huge vetting process. So I know some Heisman voters who got in when they basically had open calls to be a Heisman voter. It was, it was bad. Uh, My point is they basically, it's it's a popularity contest. They love stats. And they yep. love a narrative. And so that's why uh, Reese Davis and Kirk Herbstreet and Gary Daniels and all these guys, he's making everything you watch when everybody's doing any really good. They go, he's making a great case for the Heisman. They it, they are easily led. You know why uh, uh, these Internet influencers, TikTok influencers get paid so much money and the Instagram influencers yeah. get so much money? Who are the suckers that fall for the Kim Kardashian lip gloss? Heisman voters. <laughs> <laughs> they're the easiest people to lead by the nose to vote the way they're supposed to. And how's everybody doing it? And then they like to go out. Here's my Heisman vote after it's over. Like they like they did this great analysis. Right. If if we're going just off the numbers, they'd be going to North Carolina. Right. Just tell hey, me. Uh, just right to- not give that any credence. And Stetson, I mean, who's Stetson has some boneheaded plays every game, John. I know you've watched it. You know I say this every week. But he had four touchdowns tonight. Never got touched. Didn't even have to run it that much. In the SEC championship, he's led his team to a national title. What, 30 and one? Come on. Yeah. Uh, John, before before we let you go, I wanted to let you know. Heisman odds right now. Caleb Williams is the clear front runner. This was as of today. So minus twenty two hundred for Caleb uh, Williams. And you got Max Duggan plus two thousand, Stetson plus three thousand, and CJ Stroud plus five thousand. So they're bringing four people to New York this year. Stetson's right up there with it. Yeah. And let me – I'm sorry. I, one more thing. Don't mind. All right. So, it's very obvious that college football is by money. And I'm not scared of playing anybody. But as a, as a college football fan, watch every game. You know, because it's middle of February on a Saturday, wish for a game, so you watch them all. I will not spend my new – they've already said that the, Peach, that the Peach Bowl is the first game, right? Yeah, four o'clock. Ohio State. Again, I hope we get to play Ohio State. But that TV will lose. People will go to the party. And and, and I remember the first playoff when they did they marketed that. Oh, it's New Year's Eve. They did the whole play. And they lost it. I forget who it was. It may have been when Michigan State got railroaded by Alabama that year or whatever. But talk about what a four fest that'll be. From a money standpoint, I to your point, I don't think they're. I think Ohio State's going to jump to you have that rematch. You'll have Georgia you early, and then you'll have that rematch to draw everybody in at night. Yep. I 1,000% agree. Right, John, good points. I think you nailed it there. Absolutely. 
Hey, John, don't be a stranger. We need you on the show because you bring up some damn good points. Love it. All right, John, we'll see you later. Uh, we got T. Howard, Anthony, Spano, hey, before, and Damian Young. Before we get T in here, I want to get to this uh, donation we got. Another uh, $5 in euros. Uh, Stefan from Germany calling. Who or what is Clemson? I know Crimson Tide versus LSU or some stuff in Michigan. Uh, Stefan, this is the Georgia postgame overreaction show. Clemson is in South Carolina to answer that, and I appreciate your money. Thank you so much. Uh, next person. Hey, uh, Clemson is a team that uh, gets overrated every year. and <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. uh, Bring in T. Howard. T, what's going on, man? Look at that big stogie. Hold up, man. Your mic's muted. Let's unmute you there. Uh, you, we can't unmute you. You got to unmute yourself. My bad. I'm, I'm yeah. in here. What, what's, what's up, Rowdy? What's up, man? What's up? How, what's, how, how y'all doing tonight, man? Doing good, T. Yeah, y'all kind of caught me unexpected for a second. I was like, <laughs> Glad I thought there was a line ahead of me. I'm like, but okay, you know, I, I ain't gonna lie. I don't have much introspective things to say. You know what I mean? I just wanted to come on here because I love y'all shows. You know, I love all the content. Um, on YouTube is where I mainly follow it. So I just figured I'd jump in. But, um, man, uh, how great is it to have a quarterback, you know, just with the – I heard some people cuss. Just with the nuts that, that Stetson has, you know, like he lays it out, don't he? Like he, he's just a real dog, man, and I, and I just love it. Like it makes me – you know, I'm always proud. You know, I'm here in Jacksonville in Florida – you know, and I and I always got on red and black everywhere I go. But it's like a whole I don't think I can remember a, a quarterback that that even that we've had, man, you know, in my 30 years anyways, that I felt so confident in him. Or you know what I mean? Like he's just a dog and I feel like you know, I feel like the defense got exposed. I don't even want to talk about Keely. <laughs> uh <laughs> I don't even want to talk about Keely out there, but I think there was a good point made that yeah, like we were kind of just trying to you know, keep everything underneath. But even even then, like, I mean, it wasn't all underneath. But I think that's also a credit to that backup for him. I, honestly, I don't know how y'all felt. I was like, dang, we might we might have been better off that uh that um backup going into the game, right? Yeah, like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, shoof. But you know, I I kind of I kind of want to mirror what the last guy said too, because I mean. Yeah. I just noticed one thing about this team, you know, between la – I know it's a, a different group of guys, but one thing about Kirby's teams, um, at least in the most recent couple years, you know, we have uh, we have different types of wins, but ultimately they're usually wins, you know what I mean? So if I think if they, if they are planning for a Ohio State or – I mean, I don't know. I haven't really. My, I watched that TCU game today, but you know, I, I don't. I don't really subscribe too much to them. Michigan, they're more of like a, they're more of like a ground and pound type of offense too, from what I understand. So, you George know, matches up well with Michigan. Yes. Yeah, you know. So I mean, but I, I don't know. And then there's always the thing too in the back of my mind, like, re, uh, I mean, Keeley's gonna make a play. He didn't today. Thanks, thank God for Chris, uh, Christopher Smith, because. Um, you know, that last one that Chris got, I, I, I don't know about y'all, but I don't think I breathe. I didn't take a breath the whole time he dropped back on and I saw he was looking deep. I'm like, Oh my God, you know, yeah. but, but I'm proud of him, man. And, and just to double that, was saying like, 
about Stetson, you know, he's just, I don't know, man, he's just a different breed. And I think, you know, I don't really care about the Heisman. I think, you know, I think it's a popularity kind of thing at points, um, you know, but I would, I mean, I don't know who, who, who do you want a guy that can sling? I mean, look at Hooker was a runner, a front runner for that. You know what I mean? And and you saw Stetson go out there and and outshine him. You seen Stetson outshine Bryce Young. You know what I mean? And he might not be the you know as great of an actual quarterback as those guys, but I'll take a guy with fight and with heart. You know, any day, honestly, yeah. he's a dog. He's a dog. Yeah, they, they, they say that he's, you know, they keep showing that meme of a guy's uh, X-rays and got the lungs. And yeah. the, he said, "Get that, that dog in him." In him. Yeah, that's a bit. You're right. Too. He does have that dog in him. Uh, he was. Uh, we we just shared on uh, Twitter a, a bunch of folks over at the Alabama uh, message boards. They are dying. They hate Stetson Bennett so much because you know, he was doing the. You know, explosion things and yeah, gun things I mean, are so cocky. I want to see him knocked into the ground, and they were just absolutely so salty. And I'm like, okay. And, and now here's, here's the funny thing: T, the the newest complaint is that he's so old. He's 25. Of course, he should be killing these 18, uh, 19, yeah. 20 year old players. I'm like, man, y'all are always looking for something to beat the kid up over. But remember, he was a walk on, and everyone wondered. And I, hey, hand up. Who said he should just ride off into the sunset, you know, uh, after winning a national title last year from going to walk on to this? And I'm like, dude, there's nothing you can do to increase nothing. the legend of the mailman. Yeah. Come on, except, walk except, on. Except, except go 13 and 0. Except for get in an SEC championship, too, you know? Yeah, he, no. and he didn't have an SEC ring. Now he's got it. So no matter what happens in the playoffs, whatever, he led yeah. Georgia to another 13 and 0 run. Right. And he got an SEC ring. So he's got the Natty ring. He's got the SEC ring. He's got an SEC East ring from last year. Uh, that is an impressive thing. I thought he should go right off into the sunset. But he's he when, when I asked him after he rode with the Blue Angels, I'm like, why, why are you sticking around? He said, I'd have to go do something this year. I'm not – I could go play in the NFL, but I want, I want as many years playing football as possible. I could, I could do one more year of college. Who wouldn't do that? And yeah. you come back and be the unquestioned starter, T, I think you nailed it. He uh, – He's got that dog in him, man. I mean, so. <laughs> and, and and that's another. That's uh, I mean, to that same to that same point. Like, he loves he loves this university. He loves those guys on that team. Like, you know, I don't know if you guys. I know you're uh, you're in a stadium, uh, Roddy. I don't know if you was watching it, but you know, on the CBS broadcast, you know, when she was interviewing him, you know, that was the first question she that was the first question she asked in the second interview. But in the first interview, he went straight to I love the you know this is my team. You know, yeah. these are my brothers, and and you could just tell, man. Like, um, you know, I, I I hate to say, it, like, I don't want to, you know, I think he could be a starter in NFL. I always felt like he's gonna get with Stetson, though. He's gonna be better for it, just like how his college career was. You know, going into the NFL, I think, um, I think he'll be successful. He's gonna have to take his licks at first. He's gonna obviously, you know, I don't think anybody's gonna take him and throw him in day one starter. But I can honestly, I feel comfortable with saying I think he'll be on the bench, you know, and you know how the NFL is too, not for long. So, yeah, when he gets that chance to step up, like that's what I want in in a guy that's taking the reins over on my team. So I, I you know, I'm I'm honestly I'm glad he stayed, 
you know. No, yeah, yeah. And I love, I, don't get me wrong, too. I, now, look, I love me some Beck. Now, he's from my hometown. You know, he's from over there in Orange Park. But, you know, Stetson, man. He, Wait, is he from the good part of Orange Park or the scary part of Orange Park? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, hey, look, Orange Park is – Jacksonville is so is so – far apart man i'm i'm probably 30 minutes from orange park bro i don't even know much about it uh, hey there are great football players come out of jacksonville yeah. i've been to yuli i've been to trinity i've been to orange park i've been to all oh, the yeah. schools over there there's, there's uh, some good my, football there you saw what you he ever, did to win the state title carson beck's guy i want yeah. to see him in there tonight bring him in let him do some stuff you brought he in all the second teamers on the uh, defense yeah I, I was i was a little curious about that uh i mean you know I don't think Stetson threw a pass on – did he throw it? I mean, we didn't throw – we just ran the ball. He I mean, had like two completions in the second half. Yeah, I think it was, no, he was, four, he was four or five in the second half, but yeah. Four or five. Okay. But them last couple drives, I was thinking, you know, but, may, hey, what, you think that fumble, though? You think that fumble is what kept back back there? Uh, no, I, I think Kirby's just going to keep the pedal to the metal, man. Because they were talking about um, – But that could have handed it off just as well. That's Well, that's true, too. That's, that's why I'm like, I don't – I wonder why, you know, but – um, man, but yeah, it, it's it. Look, man, I waited 30 years of my life. Um, well, 29 and, and a half, basically, but you know, and um, it was a lot of suffering, you know. I mean, I know anybody in this in this feed in this chat, you know, y'all know that feeling more than anybody else in the world, just like I do. You know, we, we were in it together though, and man, it's real sweet now, you know, and, yeah, and it is. um, hi, T. I, I appreciate y'all, man. Thank you for having me. I'm about to blow this stogie down and celebrate. You know, what I mean? there you go, yeah, I have two more, and I'll be back. You know, I'll be back. Hey, you got to buy them in packs of three, man. You know, yeah, you know, well, it was quick, man. I just ran to the gas station after. <laughs> That's right. All right, I'll tell him. I'll tell him next time. Roddy told me I got to get three. So there you go. <laughs> Thanks, T. <laughs> They're gonna be like Roddy, my cousin. <laughs> oh, damn! You went there. Hey, you give me all the time. Yeah, too. That's a racist BS, man. That hurts my feelings. Anthony, what's up, true. man? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, you act like it's not, but uh, I mean, truth is truth. Yeah. Truth Roddy, right. how's my Roddy? How's my hair? It's glorious. Glorious. Okay. Now, I Paul, I, told you, I hate it. But Paul, I told you I had something special for you after the SEC championship game. But Amazon didn't deliver it. Thanks, Jeff. Whatever. Oh man. I know, but I've got props. I've got props ordered and all that stuff. So I guess I'll have to wait for after the first playoff game win. Okay. Yeah. Don't ruin right. the surprise. Don't ruin the surprise. No, no, I won't. I won't. So a lot. I was listening to the you know to the Godfather, Eddie. Yeah. Great Eddie is commentary Godfather. stuff like yeah. that. Yep. Last caller. I'm sorry, I didn't remember his his name, but he was talking about Stetson Bennett. T. T, my my father told me old Sicilian, you know, he was born five hours after they got off the boat in Ellis Island, right? And he and he used to tell me he said if you want to sit at the head of the table, you got to be willing to pay the bill, and that's what Stetson Bennett is. Oh, I like that. That's you that's, like it? That, yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Say that one more time. Like say that one more time. Like you're in a pulpit. Say it one more time for me. No, I, don't I, like I, I, yeah. I legit like it. I like it. Yeah, no, he, my grand, and I'll say it. My, my father was not, didn't have like a Sicilian accent. My grandfather did, but he said, okay, yeah. 
If you want to sit at the head of the table, you got to be willing to pay the bill. This is true. And that's it. I like that a lot. All right. So think thinking thinking along those lines, Stetson Bennett came back to do more than just repeat as a national champion. He wanted to and I think Roman Harper said it on the SEC network tonight. He said he he's setting a precedent for all kids that come up through the state of Georgia that want to be a, a football player, not just a quarterback to go regardless on star rankings and all that stuff. But he said, I want to be like that guy. That's the guy I want to be like. I want to be, I want to be the guy that maybe some people turn down and I just, I put my heart and soul into it, but I, I was the one that overcame it, whatever everybody else says, but I was on the team that won X amount of games or I won this game or that game. And it, and it can matriculate down through the course of his life, which is great. But I want to say one thing. Stetson Bennett may have won the MVP tonight, but Jalen Carter took home two trophies. He took home the SEC championship, and he took Jaden Daniels in the duffel bag with him. <laughs> yeah, he did. I guarantee you. I guarantee you, he went over to that tent after the end, and he goes, "Let me get my shit. I'm going home." <laughs> hey, that's my um, bitch now. So. so. I tweeted out that, again, that was the most dominant play I've – single play I've ever seen. I mean, just – and people will be like, oh, no, it's, you know, such a – I don't care. Yeah. Picked up another human being, a SEC starting quarterback, as if he were a child. and held One it. arm and threw his hand in the air like he was stone cold. I mean, when my son was eight years old, I couldn't pick him up like that. I'm just saying <laughs> – and, and I was like – and I was like yelling at the screen, don't, don't plant him. Uh, Dane Young will be on next, and Dane could tell you. I was thinking he was just gonna. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Why can't I think of it? Uh, God High from uh, of an Alec Ogletree. Yeah. Yeah, God High, Georgia Tech. Up oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Planted him in the dirt. From Georgia oh, Tech yeah. at the broke his from spine. Georgia Tech on the on the fifty yard line. Yeah. I thought yeah. I thought he was gonna suplex him, but he just held him there and just starts grinning. And even Jay's like, man, there's uh, the famous photo of. Uh, uh, David Pollock stripping Pickens in the end zone of South Carolina, yeah. where he just basically gets a sack, strip, sack, touchdown. I think me and Brant uh, Sandlin are the only people who got that photograph because everybody's looking downfield. Uh, it's hanging up in the Buttsmere building. People go, that's why he was a three-time All-American. It was plays like that. I'm just telling you, the that play of getting to the quarterback, punking offensive linemen, and snatching up the quarterback as if you were among – you were – 18-year-old playing amongst the seven and eight-year-olds, you know, eight under football, and he just walked in there and grabbed him. You know, like 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 you're it, again, just a little league game. Like that is just embarrassing, man. That was before b- before we let uh Anthony go though, that play was embarrassing, but also there were a couple more plays in this game that I've never seen before. Or you know, so the interception off of the LSU fall player's head, everybody in the press box thought that, that ball hit the ground. And then you watch the replay, and you're like, oh, my God, it hit the guy's head? What a heads-up play. Like, a, what a heady play, and pun intended there, right? The other play was Chris Smith on that field goal block. So, as we could see it up in the press box, we're behind them on that play. So, you see Chris Smith go over to it. You see Smile Monday come up to him. He's like, no, no, no don't, t- don't touch it. Don't touch it. Chris looked over to the sidelines, and I, I'm 
told Jed to ask Chris if, if we could. I don't know if Chris was one of the guys to talk today. Uh, but who told him to pick it up? Somebody did on the sideline. And well, then he, he, he looked he, at the he, ref to see if he blew the whistle there. Was that what it was? Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But because, even Todd Munkin is in the press box yelling, Peter, 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 Peter. You can see it. Hold, hold the phone. Anthony, Anthony, we are doing a live show, and you just lit a cigarette with a Bunsen burner. No, I, I, my, my lighter ran out. Sorry. There was a bat in here earlier, and I was trying to get it out. <laughs> with a hand trying to get it out. Torch. Did you just did you just hear what how that sounded? You didn't hear the how that sounded. What? I mean, there was a bat. Li- I know just for the people that are listening to the podcast. Was bat. That wasn't that wasn't us. That was I'm not getting COVID, you sons of bitches. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, over 22, he hit so my man. hat. Look, I have my I have my good luck hat on. He hit it off my head twice in the in, in here. So I grabbed this while I was like waiting for you guys. And he like kept swinging around the garage, and I I grabbed the blowtorch, and I started swinging. That was cool. Oh, we're going. I'm telling you, hey. I'm sorry. Them, oh, them gummies is the shit. God. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just tell you, the uh, Rogue Shop gummies. Uh, that's that's some. Good I want my there. wife to try those. Dude, oh. hey, if if she has issues sleeping, or oh. she has any pain issues. Or she just She's, wants to have a good time. Try the Delta Eight or Delta Nine gummies. Uh, the uh, the honey, you need to try the Delta Eight or Delta Nine gummies. There you go. Say, look, hey, and the people who can't sleep, grab these uh, CBN sleep gummies or 100 milligrams. Again, try only try half one. Give it some time. They are fantastic. Now they got free shipping on anything over 75 bucks. Trust me, you could spend a lot of money getting fun stuff here. They have the, the Delta Eight, the 50 milligram ones. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. That, that, those, yep. are the, those are good. Again, try half one before you pop the whole one. Give it 20, 30 minutes. See what you think. Um, it's great stuff. And if you have pain, any sort of pain, you can grab any of the full spectrum uh, salves that they have. Those are great for any inflammation you have. It's a good anti-inflammatory. So try the uh, different ones. And hey, it's uh, Christmas time. They have hot chocolate. Try the uh, CBD. No, no chance. They have CBD hot chocolate. Yeah, and Delta Eight hot chocolate—that's that's wild. That's the one I want to tell you. There's a forty milligrams of that. So if you're like, I don't like the hard candy stuff, and they've been out of the hard candy. Uh, but, but let me tell you that this—I was talking to Richard out there. He was having an issue with one of his vendors because he—they he, grow all the stuff themselves. So he does these quality control tests, and they were out of the sleep gummies for the longest time because he, a batch came off, and he does a—he looks at him and goes, "I don't think those are right." So. The guy is very, very particular when it comes to quality control. He's a, a freak about it. This is not an industry that has people doing a lot of quality control. That is why they are different. So check out our folks at the Rogue Shop. Use promo code Bulldogs10 to get 10% off. And right now they've got a deal. They've got these cool Christmas boxes. You know, so you can get a, uh, if you're not sure where to get somebody, get them one of these Christmas boxes. And anything over 75 bucks. You can get the uh, free shipping on it. So try that when you get a chance. Anyway, uh, didn't mean to get sidetracked there. What were we talking about? Uh, Anthony. Pay the bills, baby. You got to yeah. pay the bills. Anthony said you got to pay the bills. You kill the bats with a blowtorch, and he has. He was making props. a point with the blowtorch thing, and I completely lost my train of thought. No, 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 no. But what, what I want to say. What were you saying? Because I know what I want to say. We were talking about like uh, uh, the last caller, T. 
talking about the Heisman. If Brock Bowers is not in New York, you're talking about the best player in college football. But that's he's not, not what this award is, dude. That's not what this award is. I know, is. I know. He's, you know that. He's not, he, he's, he's not, he's a cyborg. <laughs> yeah. He is. He's a cyborg. Yeah, he finally, I mean, but the problem is they use him in certain situations and they don't use him in certain situations. Today he went 6 of 81 with a touchdown. Other yeah, but he wasn't even on the first series. Seven. I don't I know, know if you guys noticed that. He wasn't even in the first series of the game today. I know what I'm saying is, though, some games the, – the reason he's not in Heisman contention, <laughs> this year at least, is some games he gets, you know, two targets for 20 yards. Next yeah. year hey, – Look, the last four games or last three – last three or four games all totaled he had less than 100 yards. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Kick yeah, him I mean, off. Go to the trash. You don't need it. They're loading up the uh, guy from uh, Notre Dame. They're throwing to him and going, he's the best one out there. I'm like, okay. You think is he's he? the best one? When you no. when you're when you're uh, again going back to uh, little league uh, football and you have to you're picking teams, who are you picking first? Taking Brock right. Bowers. Yeah. Yep. And Napa you might, you might and you and you might you might even take Darnell Washington over Michael Mayer too. I would in a heartbeat. And that dude, I got so much grief from Notre Dame people because I said the top two tight end Georgia has a top two tight ends in the nation, and the Notre Dame people went nuts. And then the yep. Utah people started in. I'm like, I don't care. I will fight y'all on this hill. I'm telling and you. We'll see. Kincaid from Utah is not too bad, but he's, he's still a, a very he's close. He, he's still not even a close third. No, yeah. Again, and, and a lot of the national pundits started weighing in. No, that, you know, the question is, you know, it, not versus one or two, but both of those are better than Darnell. And I mean, at that point, he didn't even have a uh, – Darnell didn't even have a touchdown on the season. I'm like, i tell y'all where he's going to go in the draft. Yeah. So, He's a tackle that can catch passes. So. Hey, Eddie, before we let you go, because I want to bring some other folks on – or not Eddie, Anthony. Anthony, uh, Eddie, the godfather, wrote, he said, good Lord, Anthony using a butane torch for bats and lung darts. That's all you need right there, baby. That's all you need. The godfather, baby. Hey, everybody, I'm going to leave now. Everybody hit like and subscribe. And like I said, Paul, I'm not done with you yet. You're still wrong. Roddy, you guys kick ass. I love you. See you, man. Deuces. God, he's awesome, man. He's really awesome. He is, he is the man. Dane, what's up, man? What's up, guys? I like how you've redecorated your house, Paul. You like that? It's a little, uh, you know, open, a little more open. Open floor uh, plan, yeah. Open floor plan, yeah. The roof, we've, we've done some things to the roof. Yeah. Uh, we've made it to where, you know, the sun can get in at times. Well, I mean, with, with the child that's coming, you have to hey. for the space. Yeah, thank you for shouting that out. Yeah, thank you so much for shouting that out, Dane. You know, because there's a guy in Did here. Did Roddy not do them. that? There's, I've not? been on the show for 70 minutes and he has not. No. Oh, uh, but, but you, well, if the kid was yours, I'd be all over it, man. <laughs> so that you're getting me back for the gas station joke right there. Okay, we're we're even, baby. We're even. That's it. That's it. That's it. Just say, dude, if you come with the king, you better, <laughs> you better kill not miss. You better <laughs> not miss. Okay. Okay. But no, yeah, thank you, Dane. We're having a little boy. Uh, we found we found out Monday uh, the sex of it, and couldn't be more happy. So, Michelle, uh, Michelle, yeah. So, what's up, Big Dane? Um, so Georgia won the SEC championship, and Tennessee's offensive coordinator is leaving to become the head coach at South Florida. What? So, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Start, era, era, era. start that back again, please. Georgia won the SEC championship. I think okay, I got that. Eric. While you've been on air, Brett McMurphy is reporting that Alex Golish is taking the head coaching job at South Florida. 
Really? Oof. Right in the volunteer. That's, yeah, that's a so. Ew. Yeah, that's that, interesting. That's, that's really a fun interesting. spot for Georgia to be in, to where you know Tennessee's offensive coordinator is leaving right now, and uh, Clemson has gone to its second quarterback. So I would imagine that means DJ Uyunglele will be in the portal and playing somewhere else next year. Yeah, that's wow. That's interesting. Also, oh, so, um, so hold on. So in the ACC championship is right now. Yeah, and Klubnik is playing. And Klubnik's playing. So DJU is. You heard it here first. DJ used Dunzo at Clemson. He's be, yeah. be in the portal yeah, by tomorrow. He was tomorrow. on a short leash tonight. We knew that from our yeah. recording over Larry Williams over at uh, our Clemson site. He's like, this is it's getting tougher and tougher to justify him playing. There's all then, kind of hell breaking loose, though, because uh, our friend J.G. Tate at the Auburn site is reporting that um, it looks like Hugh Freeze is targeting Phil Longo, North Carolina's current offensive coordinator, then run over to Auburn and join Hugh Freeze as their offensive coordinator. Hmm. And then apparently, also while we're on TV right now, or on YouTube right now, Saban is on TV on the halftime show on Fox. Uh, basically, for what reason, you ask? Well, he's Nick Saban, and he's trying to get into the heads of those college football playoff committee members uh, right here at the end of the night, especially because well, he, he knows he they're all quote, watching this game. He had a quote in a story on ESPN.com where he was saying that they should account for who would be the favorites and underdogs on all these hypothetical matchups. And I'm like, oh, so now you care about point spreads and what media. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now he's playing yep. the game. He gets it. Yeah. It, it's just interesting to me that, you know, I don't know if you call it fair or unfair. Maybe it's because he's the greatest coach of all time, Nick Saban, that he gets to do this type of thing. But it's the halftime show of the Big Ten Championship. Am I correct? That's what's on Fox right now, right? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, that's why, a close game, by the way. Like, it yeah, why, why, why is Nick Saban, an SEC head football coach, on at halftime of that game? It's just kind of one of those things where it's like, well, he, you know, I guess he's Nick Saban, so he gets to do what he wants, but it doesn't, doesn't make much sense. So, and – Justin in the chat says Nick Saban has a very good point. Alabama would definitely be favored over TCU. But, again, we're not talking about Vegas, right, Dave? Oh, I think the best three teams in the country are Georgia and Alabama and Ohio State. But I don't think that should be the rankings. Ooh. But that's where the most talent on the teams are. Yeah. So Speaking of uh, offensive – Offensive uh, coordinators leaving, Dane. Our friend Uncle Sam in the chat says, I hope someone has a copy of Munkin's playbook before he gets hired by another team. Uh, so, yeah, you would, you would hope that uh, maybe on the way back home today they stop by the copy machine, Office, office Max, and uh, copy that but, thing. All right, look, they, yes, valid. And I know this is going to make some people squirm, but if that comes to pass, like, George has already prepped for this. Yeah, Just Mike like Bobo's prep, on the sidelines. When Yeah, when it prepped for Dan Lanning, likely getting a head coaching job because he was on that trajectory. Huh, Will Muschamp's an analyst, although he was more than an analyst. Mm. And, and who's also an analyst and kind of more than an analyst? Oh, Mike Bobo. And I know some people will, like, recoil at some of that, but, like, Mike Bobo's a really good offensive mind, too, and super experienced. So, uh Man, like, relish the fact that Georgia's the SEC champion and went undefeated. That's really hard to do what Georgia just did. Like, you look back a lot of these Alabama seasons, they rarely have gone undefeated uh, for an entire season. And so, regardless of what happens from this point forward, I think this is a successful season for Georgia. Like, random things can happen and you can lose a game and people would be disappointed if Georgia does. Totally get it. Because Georgia's going to be favored and should be favored from here on out the last two games. But this is a successful season 
regardless of what happens from this point on. Hey, uh, Dane, my wife never watches the shows, but she's watching because I'm not home, right? And she yeah. said, uh, love how Dane said congrats on the baby. So thank you. Okay. You see, you see. Yeah, I appreciate that. Dave. You know, one time me and you, Paul, we were kind of button heads a little bit. Will yeah. Levis got in between us, but we're we're good now. He he moved out of the way, and you know, there you go. That, there you go. Um, Roddy Roddy hates this so much. He he'd rather be anywhere but here right now. I did look and while I was another uh, gender reveal. <laughs> I I thought this was interesting for y'all's Heisman conversation, and then I'll jump off of this and let y'all do your thing. So I check DraftKings every so often, not legal in Georgia, which I'll have a special podcast series coming about the legality of sports gambling in Georgia. That's coming up later, probably next week. Um, all year long, it's just had a list of people so you can waste your money and give you know DraftKings your money and not get it back. Now it's down to four. So I'm assuming yep. these are the finalists. Like it's got to be, right? It's got to be. To me, There's, this is yeah. what they probably – like, what, two weeks? Caleb Williams is the heavy favorite. Max Duggan is number two. Stetson Bennett's number three. C.J. Stroud's behind that. And that's of like 20 minutes ago. Now, could that update again? I, I, look, honestly, I'm fine with those. I was telling Dane I love Max Duggan. I think he's a hell of a quarterback. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. When you're watching Caleb in the first uh, few minutes of that USC game, I mean, if they had a defense, they would be favored you know, to uh, beat just about – anybody they face because that is a he's really offense, good he's but they really do good. not have a defense they're abysmal on defense and so we know that maybe not everybody they face but they would be a powerhouse but they, they just don't have it so i've got no problem with caleb williams taking the trophy he's really good i mean you watch him run you watch him throw he's he is that if, he, if he's in oklahoma i'd still you'd still be saying the same thing duggan fantastic stetson's fantastic and cj I'm telling you, folks, CJ will pick apart this Georgia defense in the secondary unless you get to him or do something. Now, as much as I tell people to worry about it, why was Georgia so good against Oregon? They worked on him for nine months. I mean, they knew Lanning's defense, too. They knew Lanning. They, they knew that. They also, um, you know, you give Kirby time to practice all the different variations they're really good. Why was Georgia so good against Michigan last year after they got beat in the SEC uh, championship? 15 practices, four weeks to prepare for Michigan. Give Kirby time so that they can run every play a thousand times and run it to perfection and run all the different variations off of it. So whoever Georgia faces in the first round, they're going to be really, really good. And they will also probably practice for the second team they're going to face. So, uh, C.J. Stroud, you know, I'm like, hey, the, the one team Georgia, it, it'd be easier if Georgia was playing USC instead of OSU, you know. I'm not saying Georgia fans should be scared of Ohio State. I'm just saying your road to the championship would be easier if you were facing USC, not because Caleb Williams, but because they have no defense. So point being, I'm just going to say I'm not – if you're Georgia fans, you shouldn't be worried about who you're going to face. Um, Caleb's – uh, our CJ Stroud could win the high, he won't win it, but that's a guy who could give you some uh, grief. You know, I don't think you have to worry about Duggan because no matter how good the quarterback is, if you're going to give Kirby 15 uh, practices to work on whatever quarterback you're facing, hey, they were they worked for months on getting ready for uh, Tennessee. So, based on those odds, I do think Caleb Williams will win the Heisman. I think Stetson Bennett will probably get the second most votes. I think he would probably surpass what the odds have is Max Duggan getting the second he most also votes. Also winning the fan vote by a fair margin. Yeah. 
Uh, and there's a shot that maybe Stetson freaking wins it. Um, uh, Justin, Justin yeah. says here, says, so does that mean Stetson Bennett will at least be in New York City? I, I think Trust so, the yeah. odds makers. Yeah. Now. He deserves to be there, man. That's just the greatest story. Well, and, and that's what I want to remind people, and then I'm jumping off here for real. Let's go back to September of 2020. Georgia is down 7-2 to two against Arkansas in Fayetteville. I think that was in Fayetteville, right? Or was that in Little Rock? That may have been Little Rock. I don't remember. They're in the state of Arkansas. And Dwan Mathis has been awful. Yeah. The Georgia offense can't do a damn thing. And they toss out Stetson Bennett in there, and he leads Georgia to that first win. Yeah, and we know what happened later that season. We know that he was inconsistent. We know he went to Tuscaloosa and got roughed up. We know that JT Daniels came in and took that job and then spurt two years. Well, he took the job after the Florida game in which Stetson Bennett got hurt. Yes, Stetson Bennett separated the shoulders, still tried to play through it, all that jazz. Go back to, like, the feeling of whatever that was, of Stetson Bennett trotting on the field to relieve just a very ineffective Dwan Mathis. And for two and a half years later, for him to be number two Heisman is pretty freaking ridiculous. And, and I think we all talk about it, but I don't know that we actually have like the ability to understand how he's risen in that way. And, and I think that that legend's only going to grow with every day that passes beyond when his final game is at Georgia which I think we all assume will be in January and not December. No, I agree with you. That's uh, when you look back at the whole system. And again, when you look at that pass to his pass to the flats and hit it, uh, who was it? Hit it at his feet. Stetson has some bad throws. I think that it was, was Dylan, Dylan Bell. Bell. Dylan Bell. Yeah. Those, those are Dylan Bell's feet. Like, come on, man. He has some stupid plays every time, but just like Keely Ringo, you know, you get you get beat on some of them. But he's got one or two of those, but he's still for the – no interceptions. He can run when he needs to, four touchdowns, and every criticism that's been thrown at him. Remember, first he was too short because all the balls were knocked – were batted down. And like, he's too short to throw over the line. Well, he's as tall as Bryce Young. He throws too many interceptions. Well, he throws a lot fewer interceptions than anybody else right now. Uh can't win the big game. He won a bunch of big games. Now as he's too old, it's unfair because he's 25 going against 18-year-olds. I'm like, man, you guys are you got your heels dug in. So that is I, wild, though. That is a little wild. He's 25 going up against 18-year-olds. Like, of course he's still good. In other words, if you were yeah. against him and you, you talked a bunch of shit about him and you ripped him nonstop, the last, the, the last thing you got is, well, yeah, he's good, but he has to be because he's 25. Hey, go screw you, you know? Yeah. Give the kid a break. Yeah, give you, you doubted him. He proved you wrong. Just say, "Hey, I was wrong. I'm wrong on everything I say." I'm. I, I, we tease Paul. The Paul's always wrong. Trust me, I'm more wrong than that. I pick. I picked Georgia to win by nine today. They won by twenty. I was wrong. That's been. It's just a testament that, like, if you believe in yourself and have confidence, like, good things can happen from that. Like, yeah, there's a level that you don't want to be like cocky. You're good better. at what you do. But like, so many people just said he couldn't do things, and obviously. Yeah. His family was a great support system for him. Hell, one of the craziest things to me is that before that Michigan game last year, Todd Munkin got in front of a microphone and said, yeah, I didn't see it with him. <laughs> like, I, I didn't, like, I limited yeah. 
I had to rethink how I viewed this guy. And I'm like, you're about to play for the college football semifinal, and you're admitting this right now, which I freaking loved. Like, that was just some honesty. Well, I'm going to yell at Todd Munkin about one other thing. Some of the substitution – it's not his fault, but some of the the personnel decisions Georgia's had this year don't make sense to me. You know, why are you running Dejon or uh, why are you throwing to Bell? I'm a big fan of Bell, don't get me wrong, but I'm like – why aren't you throwing a Marcus Roseby Jack Saint on that third down or that, you know, why aren't you, uh, it's short yardage and you got to pick up third and one. Why are you handed it to your lightest running back? Give it to the 230 pound uh, Kendall Milton who had a heck of a game tonight, hundred yard first. I think it's his first hundred yard game for Kendall Milton. It is. It is. So there is as much as we want everyone to say, Hey, keep Todd Munkin's playbook here. Keep his playbook, but let's let's uh, get rid of some of those personnel choices because those don't make a lot of sense. And I'm going to go back to what you're saying about uh, when Stetson came in against Arkansas. You know how many snaps he'd had with the first-string offense going into that game? Zero. He was fourth-string heading that year, right? And they told him before the season started, go we don't see else. you getting a lot of playing time or yeah, any playing else. time. You know how they had the, okay, here's the post-camp analysis of how you've done so far? If you sit there and told me after I'd busted my ass and I, you know, I was the backup all last year, I was a number two guy, and now going into my junior year, okay, I'm, I'm still number two, right? No, we don't see any playing time for you. We've, we brought in this kid from uh, USC. His name is JT. Once he's healthy, we brought in the guy from uh, Wake Forest. He's going to be our number one. Dwan's going to be you know, our number two. JT's our number three. We don't see any playing time for you. Carson Beck took snaps ahead of him. I'm like, dude, just if I'm him, I'd, I'd been like, you, I, I came back for this. I could have gone anywhere. Screw you guys. But he stuck around and he saved your bacon. So, hey, I'll let y'all get to Jeremy. But, Paul, congratulations again, man. I hope you have a, a, a very healthy young son that uh, is a great addition to the society um, and hopefully can one day grow up and kick your ass like Roddy's son kicks his ass. <laughs> yeah, Roddy, Roddy's son's a beast. My son looks like Roddy's son. I'll be very happy. So, <laughs> all right, Dane. See y'all, guys. See you, man. Jeremy, what's up, my man? Yeah, that's uh, not much, man. I'll, uh, I'll where's your son, Jeremy? Advance, uh, I'll apologize. Yeah, where's your son? To, huh? Where's your son? Oh, he's uh, he's asleep in bed, man. We're doing this. Uh, it's ten o'clock. Wake him we're up. We're doing this. Uh, we're doing this. I think that Ferber method where we're uh, we, he's been giving us hell with at night, guys, lately. So we're doing this Ferber method where we uh, actually have to let him sleep it all through the night, like no no more bottles, because it's been killing us on the hey, lack of sleep. You're saying drop a you know, right? No, Rodney, no, Rodney, or a no, little no. Uh, old fashioned. They sleep no, through no, the no. night, just man. A, just a little dab of rum. Yeah, they sleep through the night. Oh, by the way, congrats, Paul, on the on the baby boy. Man, I you gonna, appreciate hey, that. Hey, man. You, hey, you gonna get on my level and bring him on with you? Hell yeah, I'm gonna have to. Yeah, I don't get any days <laughs> off. Replace me here. on the show. Yeah, I don't get any days off. But uh, I'll apologize in advance if this uh, impression falls flat. But I sent this text earlier to my buddy after it happened. I said that number eighty-eight. He's a man, baby. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> he is. He's a grown. But, uh, I mean, he's a grown man. <laughs> But Jeremy, there's a couple people talking over here in the comments. I want to get your thoughts on this because we haven't really we dived into it a little bit, but not a ton. What about the secondary? I don't think we've we've talked about how much they got scorched tonight. Is it something you're concerned with? So yeah, that is concerning with me. I mean, I uh, 
I commented I, when I was I was tuning in and out of the watch along show with Coach Donna tonight, um, and uh, I, I commented on it. And I think like moments later, Coach Donna said the same thing. When they hit uh, for one of those deep bombs, I just wrote exposed. Uh, like this this defense is built to keep everything in front of them, but you can take the top off them. I mean, the yeah. way to beat this defense is to take your deep shots. And if you can hit them, Georgia's going to be in trouble. And the LSU hit on them. Thank God, like you said, we had the lead. And that is what worries me potentially about facing Ohio State next round. Now I still think we can win, but man, it's going to make you know it's going to make the butthole pucker up a lot more knowing these guys. Uh, uh, you know, you got a quarterback in Stroud that can uh, make those throws. Now the only thing that does give me uh, you know makes me feel better about Stroud is he's a little more like Hooker. He's going to be more of a pocket passer. So I don't think he's as quick to run as yeah. say Daniels or Caleb Williams is. Yeah, but at the same time. That new uh Nussmeyer, what is what was his name? How do you pronounce it? Nussmeyer, I think. Nussmeyer, yeah, he wasn't running at all. He was staying in the pocket and throwing dots. Killed him. I mean, yeah. So I, I don't know if you, maybe you want the guy that can and run that, out of the pocket. That's little. one thing I think I'll tell you that's one thing that worries me because I mean before that, what I did not like seeing, and this kind of goes back to that analogy I gave a few weeks ago, is I don't want to don't just put your foot on the neck, cut the head off. Um mm. I didn't like them driving down before the half, uh, sitting back and let them drive down before the half and kick the field goal. I did not like that. I thought that so, was a bad so move. You watched the watch along, right? And coach gave me all sorts of shit because I said, that reminds me of Georgia versus Oklahoma. That is what it reminded me of a little bit. Just, it, it feels like maybe an inconsequential score before the half, but it does give you a little bit of momentum. Then Georgia goes out there, gets the ball back, and has a really nice drive going, but they put the ball on the ground once, they recover it. Then a few plays later, they put the ball on the ground a second time. All of a sudden, they score. Instead of being up 42 to 10, now it's uh, uh, 35-17. You're like, okay, now this is the, the complexion of that game changed completely with that turnover, and they felt like they were still in it. They, I'll give LSU all the credit. They never gave up. They, they, yeah, they quit. I'll give them that. Kelly's teams won't. And I've got it in my notes here. It got to 35-17, and then uh, Neusmeyer drives the field. LSU goes for it on fourth down, doesn't get it. I mean, this could be a different game. I mean, you, you're yeah. looking at – if they go for it right there and get it, you're looking at 35-24. They've got a ton of momentum. Instead, Georgia got that ball back, and that's when Milton hit that 51-yard 50, run and McIntosh scored that touchdown. But, I mean, you're, like like you said, Jeremy, that to get to 10, and then you get to 17, and then they went for it on fourth down, didn't get it. I think that was probably the the – Biggest play of the game, I would imagine. I would say definitely underrated play of the game for sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, I Jeremy, what's your biggest play of the game? Because I, I, I posed this question to Paul <laughs> earlier, and he ducked it. I, I, th- duck it. I mean, it's it had to be the CBS play of the game to me because I, 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 I when it happened, I was like, that that's a live ball, guys. Someone picked that up, like that. You know, it wasn't an extra point. I completely forgot it was live. Uh, but I mean, yeah, like yo, I think my favorite play of the game was seeing Jalen just just holding there. You know, like he was a little, uh, I don't know, little chihuahua or something. Uh, right. Teacup poodle, baby. The, uh, uh, I'm trying to think if there was another one. I, I'll tell you what, something else that stuck out to me, and it really it was there for a minute, and then it went away. I don't know if they uh, – whatever shoes Stetson was wearing earlier was not working. I don't know if – he kept slipping, it seemed like, on some of those passes earlier. He did. He did. It. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he was almost like he, slipping as he was throwing. He was, he was, and, and on turf, you want to wear a different size cleat, uh, on turf. Maybe he had the wrong size in or something, I don't know, or maybe he wasn't used to it. 
But yeah, he was. He was slipping on a few of his passes. The one I can very distinctly remember was to Don Blaylock over the middle, and he slipped on that one, and uh, Blaylock had to kind of catch behind him because of that. So, uh, and there was, and I, 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 there was, and there was one before that as well. There was. It looked like he was about to slip and fall. Um, there was. Uh, um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that, but uh, I thought one of the running backs kind of slipped a little bit, but I'm forgetting now who that was. Uh, but Dejan did, I think. It may be okay, just Dejan. Uh, but I tell you, you know, I come hey, in. Let, let, me, let me interrupt you real quick here, Jeremy. I want to point out something that uh, a lot of guys don't know. You, do you remember there was one practice, not last year, but the year before, where two guys got uh, injured? Foot injuries. Darnell Washington was one of them, and somebody else on the it was same. Tyke Smith, wasn't it? Yeah, Tyke Smith. Darnell Washington, Tyke Smith, both hurt like their left. It was the same uh, exact injury. Yeah, same exact injury on their foot. One of the tarsals or whatever you call them. Point being, they were wearing soccer cleats. Now, I, you you kind of want to bust the equipment guys for not putting it in the right cleats, but. Players are allowed to pick what they want. And you had a couple guys out there in the wrong style cleats. So even though you're going indoors, and remember there was a big thing on Monday about what's it like playing on turf versus playing on grass. And there's like six or seven questions about it, which I thought was a bit of overkill. But sometimes when you tell the players, hey, you need to wear these cleats to play on turf versus grass or whatever, the players don't have to. The players have the um, – the, the wherewithal, the option to pick what they want. So much so that there were a couple players two years ago that were wearing soccer cleats because they liked them or they liked the feel of them or whatever. And they wind up uh, wearing the wrong damn cleats and getting injured, you know. So uh, sometimes it can drive you crazy when you're like, look, you know you're supposed to wear these longer cleats or shorter cleats or whatever, and they wear the wrong ones. And due to fashion or due to fit or due to comfort or due to whatever's in their head, maybe it's doo-doo, I don't know. It's just it drives you crazy. It's like, why are you wearing the wrong cleats when you know we're indoors for this? But I thought it was very big that uh, that you didn't have any weather issues today. I think Georgia looked good, even though this, there were some guys slipping. But we've seen, you know, like in, at Kentucky, guys were cold. They were slipping there. Uh, we've seen some wet games where guys had issues. So, uh, But going forward, hey, back in the Dome, you know, if they win that one, they're in L.A. in the Dome again. So you don't have as many issues, but hopefully it's like if you're going to, hey, don't wear the wrong cleats. You remember what happened? You've been in the Dome twice this year. You've scored 49 points and 50 points. Let's be sure to wear the right cleats tomorrow. Uh, all right, a couple more things I want to hit on, and then I'll, I'll get off here, guys. Hey, take your time. Uh, I will say, uh, I'll tell you, what, what the defensive lapses aside tonight, and I was saying some choice words along the second half, uh, what does – give me comfort is that Georgia's best games, especially offensively this year, have come on the biggest stages, Oregon, Tennessee, and tonight. So that does give me confidence knowing this team do that. I do think they have gone through the motions at times against the inferior opponents, but when the bell, you know, when someone's ringing the bell with them on the big stages, they've answered it again, minus the defensive lapses tonight, that aside, they've answered the bell on the three biggest games this year so far. No, you're hundred percent correct. Um, and that's why a lot of people were giving me uh, grief about my uh, recommendation, my score prediction. I picked, picked Georgia to win by nine instead of covering. And uh, hey, 
<laughs> there are a couple times I'm like, hey, my prediction is going to turn out pretty well. But uh, everyone said, well, Georgia gets up for the big games. I'm like, yeah, that's true. But I don't know if this is that big a game in their mind, Jeremy, because I was thinking it'd be very easy to say, yeah, we want to win the SEC championship. But we're looking at the playoff game. We're, I don't want to say that the S- – and everyone said, well – this is a huge game for Kirby because he doesn't. He only has one SEC title. I'm like, yeah, it's big for Kirby, but that doesn't mean it's big for them. These kids are looking for a national title. So uh, I, I didn't want to say it wasn't a big game, but it didn't have the same feel of that Oregon game, the first game of the season against the top of them. It didn't have that, yeah. uh, that Tennessee feel. Tennessee is, you know, and the, Tennessee was ahead of Georgia in the playoff rankings. It's like – right. You know, they're, they're ranked ahead of you. The, the the disrespect, you know, and they're coming to your house. You know, you got to defend your house. Uh, it, again, I felt that LSU needed this game. Georgia wanted it, but LSU needed it more. So I didn't know which team we were going to show up. And then after that first drive, or first two drives, uh, LSU, after two two drives, I mean, we're 12 minutes into the game. Georgia's had three plays. They've gone three and out, and LSU's – got 160 yards georgia has six yards i'm like i just kind of had that feel that they wanted it more and then you had the block kick and then the uh, picks or not pick the the interception and then georgia just absolutely boat raced them in the second quarter but it that was that kind of to your point that just that kind of feeling about it mo mo's a funny fellow isn't he yes back and forth doesn't he uh oh yeah okay so on the playoff um so Paul, were you saying, if I heard right, that you you think that they may end up slipping TCU to four and and have Ohio State play Michigan? I think so. I think I think that's your I think that's your best one through four, and then it also makes the most sense in terms of TV revenue too. Well, I definitely would like that, but I guess I guess I'm just going off, at, and I'm that does make sense. I guess I'm just going off that, you know, from the two previous times you've had Georgia and Bama, they've avoided sticking them in a semi against each other. Uh, so that's the only thing that's made me kind of. But, but the 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 thing with that though is a little bit different. Is they played? Didn't they play in the championship against each other? Right. Last year, uh, right. twenty seventeen, it was Georgia Auburn. So yeah, Bama got in as the. So, so that was what yeah. got Georgia into the CFP, and then Bama right. yeah, back, Bama backdoored their way in. So this is a little different because they played in the regular season as opposed to the championship. In my opinion, but you know, it, I mean, I tell you, I mean, that's what I hope happens. I mean, because yeah, I was wanting USC because of the bad defense. Yeah, uh, USC's defense looked yeah. so bad last night, and, but yeah, Caleb I mean, Williams looked really good. I mean, and it's definitely no contest. Yeah, I'd rather see TCU versus and, and yeah, Michigan or Ohio State. Now, I will say, yeah, again, Ohio of those three, Ohio State's the only one that scares me. Michigan, to me, Michigan tries to play Georgia football, and right yeah. now college football nobody does what georgia does better than georgia so if georgia sees if georgia were to see michigan again you know i'm not going to just sit there and say it's just in the bag but i just don't i don't i just don't see michigan i think it'd be i think it'd be a closer game but i don't see michigan beating georgia again here's the here here's the crazy thing jeremy you can potentially if you're georgia you could get tcu first round michigan second round in the championship and that's probably the the easiest route if you will right Yes, I would think. Yeah, so TCU first round, Michigan second round. The hardest route you could get, which people still seem to think that it is a chance, you could get Alabama first round, Ohio State second round. So like, there's a there is a multitude of different ways this could go. You could get the easiest of easy, or you could get like death row. Alabama, Michigan. 
I hope, I hope not. I hope you Bama through Ohio State and Michigan. I oh yeah, you could do that, that too. I mean, see, it, what, I thought about that too. I was like, well, I tell you, if they if they were to pull that off. Then I think they should uh, lay claim to the Big Ten title as well. Somebody said that. In, <laughs> somebody said that in the press box. Somebody said that in the press box. They were like, "Yeah, they can win the Big Ten as well off that," uh, because you're right. I mean, it, but there's so many different you know ways this could swing in Georgia's favor or not. Uh, I don't think Alabama gets in, but you have those people that do, right? And Nick Saban's out on TV begging for it, basically at the halftime of the uh, Michigan game. We'll see, and then for me, yeah, I don't want to see Bama get in just because I'm I'm tired of seeing them. You know, I got I think, I think the whole world is too, and this is the uh, perfect year to leave them out. They've only had two; they've had two losses, Jeremy. You know, yeah, and that's what I, I was getting at with some people. I was like, you realize, you know, some of these people you are rooting for chaos. I was like, you know, you realize, in most years that's fine, but if you're rooting for chaos this year, that means letting the establishment get back in the playoff. You're right. You're exactly <laughs> you're exactly right. Yeah, the chaos is bringing two teams in that have been in the playoff. A ton already, and honestly, it's bad for college football. It really, it's, that's what I said. Why are I they said. expanding? Because every year you could go, well, it's going to be Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and one other. And if you're a fan of college football, if you see the same four teams in the playoffs every year, you're like, just what's the point? If you're an NC State fan, you're like, I don't care. West Virginia, yeah. I don't care. Miami, I don't give a damn. It's college. There's no. I mean, it's the same four teams. So I think. Uh, just from a keeping your sport alive standpoint, if, it's, if a sport gets predictable, it's not interesting. So that's why we enjoy the upsets. We enjoy Marshall going and winning. We enjoy, uh, uh, you know, uh, Appalachian State knocking off the big dogs. You know, you like, you love the upset. So maybe get 12 teams in there. So real quick on that too, my take on the 12-team playoff, I'm, I mean, I'm glad they're finally getting it. But I think seeds one through four need to get an additional home game. I mean, yeah. in addition to the bye, what makes college football so special are those on-campus games, that on-campus atmosphere. To me, if you're one through four, you deserve, and your school deserves that added revenue of another home game. And then I don't like the, you know, if you're the seed one playing the eight-nine winner, I think they should mimic the NFL playoffs where highest seed always plays the lowest winning seed. That's how I would do it. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, like if, I like, you know, like, that. like if twelve were to beat five, twelve goes to one. That's how the NFL does it. I mean, if you know if the seven seed wins, they're going to the number one seed or or wh- whoever makes, the lowest winning seed is plays the highest remaining seed. That makes a that lot to of me sense. is how I would do it. But that makes you know. a lot of sense. The, the the big thing you mentioned though, and Dane Young has alluded to this on Twitter a ton, is uh, just what you said. The the teams one through four in this new 2024 you know, 12 team expansion, they don't get that home game. The play-in game from between eight and nine and five and 12, they get the five gets the home game. Eight gets the home game. You're almost getting punished for being one through four. You'd rather like lose a game during the season and, you know, be five, six, seven or eight. So you can get another home game. Not only does it bring you tons of revenue, but you get the crowd too. So I think it, and they won't do this because it doesn't make any sense because you make money off of this, right? And the, the Bulls don't want to do this. But the bowl game should be 8 and 9, like the Cotton Bowl, Fiesta Bowl, things like that, 8 and 9, 5 versus 12. Then the second, uh, you know, the semifinals are all home games. Could you imagine? Yeah. Could you imagine Athens having a home game semifinal? Hosting, like, hosting. Uh, 
USC or something. Right, hosting there. USC, who just won. I mean, goodness gracious. Like, it, it would be absolutely – it might be the biggest game ever to to grace Sanford Stadium. Instead, instead, you're going to have – you know, you're going to reward Clemson of the world who got an eighth seed, and they get a home game. So, you know, it, apparently – that's that's the way it's going. I don't agree with it, but it is what it is. Apparently, uh, Drake May just had a pick six, so that's not looking good. Uh, and also, Michigan right now is twenty eight thirteen. Jeremy, so yeah, I just okay. I just saw them go in for the touchdown. Okay, well, so know. Michigan's going to stay at two. It sounds like, and then you have, man, I just can't. I really can't see a world where you TCU. TCU drops out of the top four because that's how that's how you're going to get Alabama in, right? I don't think Alabama magically jumps to Ohio State uh, this 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 week. And I know that they said that that Boo Carrington or whatever his name is, the college playoff director, said that you know just because Ohio State's five this week and 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 Alabama's six this week doesn't mean that that can't change based on the games that are being played. If anything, Michigan's winning 28-13. That shows better for Ohio State, right? I mean, I, I, so. I, mean, I mean, Purdue, I mean, they're just now kind of starting to pull away from Purdue. I mean, I mean, I guess that's really kind of what, what I expected anyway. Uh, you know, Purdue, you know, a, a tight first half and then Michigan starts slowly pulling away. Uh, so there's, yeah. there's no other, there's no other teams that should be. So it's going to, it'll be, it'll be interesting tomorrow. Who do you want uh, in the first round? I mean, yeah, I mean, I want TCU. I just, <laughs> I just assumed it was going to be Ohio State just because I didn't think they would – because I was going off that that reasoning that they wouldn't want to stick Ohio State and Michigan against each other in a semi. But I tell you, I mean, like you said, that would that would draw more eyes. Oh, my God. The Yeah, for that 8 o'clock game, the, I can't tell you. Like, my my wife's from Ohio. Her family's from Ohio. It seems like you can ask anybody. They're, they've got family in Ohio, right, and they're all Ohio State fans. That that game would bring huge viewership at eight o'clock mm-hmm. on December thirty first, and because whoever the, the thing is, and I don't know how much I think Uncle Sam asked this in the chat, how much it it really factors into TV revenue and things like that when the college football playoff is happening. That's like some inside baseball stuff that I don't know. I would assume that they they kind of coexist because ESPN wants to make the most money, right? And the sure. way they make the most money is through the games. So the matchups. So I'm sure that there's some type of inside politics going on there. I don't. I don't want to assume though because it makes a I mean, an ass out of you of me. They always they set these matches up, you know, to make it right. That they make them made for TV, no matter right. what, no matter what they tell you publicly. So so with that, Jeremy, if you have TCU, right? Nobody really wants to watch TCU. The playoff committee knows that, but they're also a one loss, you know, in their conference championship and overtime you can't kick them out of the playoffs so what do you do you put them against georgia who everybody knows georgia's the probably the most dominant team that's left right and and you put them against georgia four o'clock you're going to have the same amount of people watch that game as you probably would if you had georgia versus ohio state you'd probably have a little bit more viewership if it was georgia ohio state obviously but not not a huge difference the the difference isn't going to be there the difference between michigan and tcu or Michigan Ohio State at eight o'clock is a lot bigger, and so that's that's where I see that going. And you're gonna, you know, it also guarantees if you have 
Ohio State jumped TCU. It guarantees a Big Ten team in the championship. So if you go to the Big Ten and say, hey, look, you're getting one team in, I think I think they'd say yes to that, right? Yeah, they would. Yeah, I think they would take that. The uh, Michigan probably won't be too happy about it, but uh, right, yeah. But I mean, it is yeah, what it is. Foster I mean, Moss I, says if that Texas, if if that was Texas or Oklahoma's and TCU's position, it wouldn't even be a debate if they were in the top four. Is is it name recognition here, Jeremy? Is that what's yeah, happening to them? It's it's a brand. Yeah, you're right. It's a name brand thing. That, well, that's the reason USC. That's the reason USC got into all this is because they're they're the West Coast power, and and again, there's a jealous part of me that really I wanted to see USC win because I wanted to see Georgia face a traditional power. Oh yeah, that would have been a that would have been a great matchup. And take down a big name, and then go take down another big name in Ohio State or Michigan. Uh, but you know whatever TCU's who's who's next or whoever's next. I mean yeah, obviously of those three, yeah, give me TCU all day. Okay, here's here's one. Here's one. I, I don't want you to leave yet, Jeremy, because Roddy's not back yet. I'll just be talking to myself. So <laughs> I'm not going to let you go just yet. Uh, Greg, who's a uh, big fan of the show, says, honestly, top four should stay the same. Teams shouldn't be able to leap others by staying home and doing nothing. What's your thoughts on that? I think I can typically I would I think I would probably tend to agree with that. But, you know, it just it, that's just not what's been the past history. I mean, right. we Bama backdoor their way into championship games, what t- on two occasions now. Yeah, uh, we saw Nebraska. We saw Nebraska twenty years ago in two thousand one get crushed by Colorado, and uh, didn't even play in a Big Twelve title. Backdoor their way into a national championship against Miami. Not sure if you rec- recall that, but I, I, I mean, I remember no. that. That was that 01 Miami team beat the absolute living crap out of them. They had no uh. business being in the national championship game. Um, but it was the same similar scenario. When was when? And I'm not a, a historian. I can't even remember what I had for lunch today. When did the college football playoff switch to this uh, leaping by staying home? Does that make sense? Like, who was the first one? When did they? When did they set that precedent? Of well, yeah, you I don't have what, to play. What did Alabama, the first team that sat sat on their ass and got in? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, no. Uh, in the play, okay, yeah, in the playoff, yes, yes, in the yes. playoff, that, yeah, that's what I'm talking yes. about okay. in the playoff. Yes, was that so that was 2017 Alabama? 20, uh, yeah, 2017. So Alabama. This precedent's been set for five years now that you can sit on your ass and still get in the playoff. And had they never set that precedent, then we might be looking at a completely different, different thing here. But they've already set that, so that's what I remember. I'll it worked about. against Georgia in 2007. Yeah. And they said, okay, we have four teams. You know, Georgia's ranked number four. And remember, there's, there's like, I think it's BCS or whatever, and only the top two teams get to go. One and two lose, or two and three lose, and you know, well, Georgia should move up. They're number four. And they're like, well, well, they didn't play in the SEC championship game, so they don't get to move up. Kirk Herbstreet, of all people, was the one who was just ripping on them, and Georgia stayed, and two teams jumped them. I'm like, Foster Moss says, no, it was Ohio State the first time. I don't know. I'm sure. Oh, yeah, I, yes, I, yes. Was uh, it? Ohio State. Ohio, he I, probably I knows the stuff, so if he says it's yeah, Ohio State, I believe him. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, here's something. Greg says, yeah. a fun fact, Caleb Williams was Lincoln Riley's second choice. He got that scholarship after Brock Vandergrift flipped to UGA. wonder how Brock feels about that choice. I remember that vividly. Uh, hey, Caleb was coming to Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. 
So there's a fun fact, a little flip for you, Greg. Uh, had Brock not flipped, then there you go. And Georgia was holding out because Caleb wasn't going to decide yet, but then Brock decommitted, said, I want to come to Georgia. And it's like bird in the hand, one in the bush. Do you do you tell them, hey, don't come to Georgia because we might get Caleb down the road, and, you know, and we think we're going to get him, but you just can't be sure. And then the, the hometown kid decommits and says he's coming to you. You can't not take that commit. Uh, there was a question earlier in the show about uh, what about him to um, – I feel bad. Someone asked, what about the rumors of uh, Brock Vandegrift to Georgia Southern? That's been a popular rumor. If you read the Georgia 321 report at UJSports.com, we listed all the, not all, but a number of guys that we are expecting to, or we're watching for transfer portal. Some we are expecting to go, some we are just keeping an eye on because they could go to get more playing time. We mentioned uh, Brock Vandegrift specifically, and we said that we expect him to stick around through spring practice to see how things shake out. Uh, and to jump, uh, if we will, to another segment here, the 7-6, I know you guys normally use code POS22 to get 20% off. The 7-6, guys, uh, tonight only, well, not tonight only, but this is for POS listeners only, excuse me, POS listeners only, SEC25, SEC25 gets you 25% off. They're putting all their SEC championship gear up on the site soon. Uh, it's, it might be up now, Roddy, but uh, I yeah, it is. LSU right there. Um, go, you silver britches. They have all that stuff up right now, guys. And this is for, again, guys, this is only for the POS listeners, this code. We're not tweeting this code out. 7-6 isn't tweeting this code out. Special code for you guys tonight, SEC25, gets you 25% off anything uh, SEC related from the championship guys. I, I, I love this uh sweater yeah you want to get that uh gata sweater guys put that code in that and, is awesome uh, make it make it happen <laughs> I mean, um, you're gonna have to wear the uh you know the holiday sweater that's the one that's the one and, right uh, there give me give me this hat yeah I mean, that's the sec logo slash but turn it a sickum i love it that, that's that's killer so, but yeah, right now, right now, Roddy, I got the text. Uh, we got a special code tonight, SEC25. Use it tonight, get 25% off. There you go. Don't say I ever never did anything for you guys. You're welcome. Those are really, really, really good. Jeremy, what, what, what else you got for us, man? Who, uh, before we let you go. I'm going to ask y'all one more question. I'll hop yeah. off. My, I think my uh, my voice is starting to go here. Uh, look, uh, I guess are we all in agreement who we want to see is TCU in Michigan? Yes. Yeah. I mean, you don't, you you want? Yeah. I think TCU you, and USC. Well, you're not going to see you. <laughs> well, he said who I want. Well, I mean, I mean, I technically you could, right? You could. You could because if we're talking about this not changing because of the conference championships, you could see USC first, TCU second. Well, before, that would be before but, last but, night, yeah. Or, or, yeah, or after last night, excuse me. But yes, yes, that's who I would want to want to do the same. But yeah, yeah, don't don't want to. It's like you said, it's not out of. I, I wouldn't say it's out of fear because I think Georgia can be. I could think Georgia can and would beat Bama and Ohio State. It would just be a lot 
easier and a lot better on my blood pressure if Georgia can play TCU and Michigan. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I 100% agree. I think you want to avoid Ohio State at all costs. You don't want to see Alabama and USC. For me, I would much rather see Michigan than USC. I know USC's defense is trash, but Caleb Williams is damn good. They have some really good wide receivers. Uh, so TCU, Michigan for me all day long, all day long. All I think you, long. Uh, TCU, just you, you can score on them. Uh, Max Duggan's really good, but that's a game that Georgia should win. I mean, heck, they, what ha- happened? They just lost to Kansas. Excuse me, Kansas State. Uh, you can beat them. Michigan's a tough out. Uh, there's it's not the same Michigan team that you walloped last year. Remember, they got embarrassed against uh, Georgia, so they're going to come back and when they face you again, they're going to be like, "Hey, they're coming for redemption. They're a better team than they were." But you still, I mean, it's not like they've got this brand new giant offensive line those guys that they brought out there last year that uh jordan davis and uh Devontae's, uh, wyatt just tore through they still don't have anybody that can stop uh jalen carter so uh I, I like george's chances there now it's funny thing is you just faced uh, uh john emory that you had been recruiting now you're going up against uh donovan edwards that georgia really went head-to-head with yeah they did they did I remember he had his he had his uh, world it is he had his commitment ceremony out in outside I forgot where he's from it might be Michigan or Ohio one of those uh, it might be New Jersey hell I don't know but I remember it was outside and it started to snow and it looked absolutely miserable the people there were like dude please make this happen a little faster and I can only <laughs> imagine what the people who were the recruiting writers that were out there holding the cameras because. They just they just sat there like nothing was Let's happening. Go. No, they, they they sat there like nothing was happening, and he's going through all of it 15, 20 minutes. And then he finally announces where he's going. And I mean, by that time, there's snow on people's hats. I mean, on their shoulders, they're just getting pelted out there, and, and he's just acting like nothing happened. I'm like, dude, that's that's looks terrible. That does not look fun at all. So yeah, Donovan Edwards, uh, he reminds me uh, of that. So Jeremy. We appreciate it, man. Thanks for filling in for Roddy for there for a little bit. I, I, dude, <laughs> when I take a phone call like that, it's because certain people within this organization, uh, within the UJ organization, when they call me, I got to take those calls. Certain man. people <laughs> call me, and I have to take Look, very you, important people. You who's on the other end there, you'd, you'd be like, okay. You, you would answer the call, too. Listen so, here. Hope, uh, so I didn't – if if I missed any of it, did they uh, – and I, if I missed it during the Watch Along show – because uh, and I didn't get to hear like all of what they were saying during the game, like I I can't catch how serious it was for McConkie. I just figured like all right, we got a big enough lead, we don't need to risk him the rest of the game. Well, here's the thing: we we broke the news, and some people gave me crap about it because uh, we broke we broke it at UJSports.com. That's why you become a member of UJSports.com. Uh, that Lad McConkie, War McClendon were not going to play the second half. We broke that right as they were coming out of halftime. And they're like, well, of course you're not going to play. You're up by three touchdowns. No, you remember they had their starters in the entire rest of the game. Uh, those guys were injured. And uh, apparently Warren McClendon has an MCL issue. Oh, man. Uh, how bad it is. He'll probably go for an MRI tomorrow or something like that. Uh, Lad McConkie has some knee tendonitis, i.e. inflammation. You know, hey, get him a little bit of that there. Uh, no, 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 no. Get a little full spectrum stab there. That, <laughs> that'll, tell you that. that'll cure what ails you, baby. 
Yeah. I don't, yeah. Um, it's a good anti-inflammatory, so try it out. It works on my knee. But he, remember, you saw him land on that knee on that long uh, play down the sideline. And, and what a great game he was having, too, um, in the first half. The touchdowns and then the, the, just the big catches. So, Ladd McConkey's back. But it was a tendonitis issue that's aggravated. Um, that, that was the call I just took. Was We were talking about some of this stuff. It's more concerning about Warren McClendon. Uh, a lot of that has to play out. Uh, less concern over Lad McConkey, but you know, just uh, uh, knee tendonitis. Hopefully, you can rest him. You've got a you know, twenty-eight days. Okay, we got four weeks. Four weeks from this so, this, this evening. Yeah, so that's uh, that's the last latest we heard. Gotcha. All right, boys. I'm a uh, voice is starting to go. Y'all, uh, I'll kiss. Yeah, save your voice. You can yell at your kid tomorrow. That's, I'll, yeah. kiss, I'll kiss the rest of the podcast Monday morning. All right, brother. <laughs> All right. Or is that, is that just my dad who yelled all the time? We got uh, William Carlin here. He was William Carlin was uh, is my best friend's dad. He was pretty much my dad growing up and uh, was my wedding officiant. So we're going invi- to invite him into the stream. Uh, William, what's up, Mr. Willie? Go dogs. There you go. <laughs> I love How about it. How about them? How about them? Ah, good to see you, Paul. Yes, sir. Yes, I've sir. Enjoy- I've enjoyed y'all so much. Well, um, we appreciate it. I have never seen a team that can look so good and so bad at the same time <laughs> and still win by 20 points. That's yeah, my that's, comment. That, that is, that's accurate, Roddy. I mean, they, they, they look so dominant today, but at the same time, you looked at how they did on pass defense and, you know, giving they up 500. 500 yards passing <laughs> hung on them. Yeah, 500 yards. In half. When, when was when, when when was when was the last time we'll have to ask Dave McMahon this when was the last time Georgia gave up 500 passing yards I can't think of it we couldn't think of it in the press box I mean it had to be 10 plus years ago right well, what was it they gave up like 200 just to Josh Van alone against South Carolina yeah but still 500 500 by two different quarterbacks yeah like, I, Willie's right Willie's right I I tend to agree with him. I haven't seen a team look so good and so bad at the same time. And then they, they dominate. They score fit. They put a 50 burger up. You and know? You, yeah. felt way, you felt that way against Kentucky. You felt that way against uh, Mississippi State, even though you won handily there. You felt that way against Georgia Tech, you know, when you're watching that quarterback run. Uh, been we are what we are, guys. Yeah, you felt, you felt nervous against Florida. You know, it's, we are what we are. Yeah. And we're great. You're 13. So, Love it, live it, you know, enjoy it. Yeah, that's that's my comment, William. You are you are dead on. We, we can't let you go too easy, though. I got a couple things for you before you go. Who All do you right. want? In the, who you want in the first round? Bama. I want Bama. <laughs> I want to boat race them guys and shut them up. <laughs> okay, then who do you want in the second round then? Um, I want Michigan because they're not that good. I'm sitting here watching them, you know, yeah. get, you know, they're, they're beating Purdue, but they're not that good. Yeah. What is, what's the score in that game? I don't have it up. 28-13. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's it's a game type of thing. Yeah, but yeah I want a boat race, Bama. <laughs> just be- just to is- shut them up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's what a couple people in the chat are saying too. 
they want to they want it one more time before old Nick Saban and all them go off into the run off into the woods. So they had Saban on. Um, yeah, what's up with that? At halftime of this game, and he's begging everybody to let him in. So what did he say? Oh, just you just have to look at the resume and Money how works. we only lost by two points and all that kind of thing. Oh God. We only lost by two, but they only won by like two in like three other games. So I understand all that, yeah. yes. Oh, I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> so oh, but yeah, man. they did have Saban on there begging them to let him in. Yeah. I, hey, now to be fair, Mark Ricks, I remember him going on and lobbying for him. Didn't he? Didn't he? Yeah. It was like at midnight. Like the midnight. The minute, the minute they, was, the game they had ended, he's like, hey, hey, put me yeah. on TV, damn it. Let's go. Yeah, that, that was so weird. That was such a, yeah, it was, it was like uh, Willie said, it was like midnight, and you're like, what? Mark Rick? What? We got Mark Rick coming on to make his case for why George. <laughs> but but in his. Yes, or whatever. In his defense, we really were a very good team at that point in time. You're and right. they just, I mean, they just killed Hawaii. I mean, it was like um, the first play of the game against Hawaii, the game was over. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. Claude and Washington came off the edge and, and sacked. Colt Brennan, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Colt was Brennan. Brennan or McCoy? Colt McCoy went to Texas. Brennan, um, Brennan was a Hawaii guy. Colt, Colt 45. Yeah. I don't know who the hell it was, but I'm just saying that was a uh, – Today's game was great. Marcus um, killed him. Um, I've got concerns with our left corner, Keely. You know, he, he, he had a rough day. He did. He did. A lot of folks talking about that in the chat right now. So Brian Clark asking, "Have we talked about Keeley? We have, we have. It, you know, he, he had a bag. Uh, I do want to give him one defense of Keeley Ringo though. That last touchdown in the end zone that was against zone coverage. Malachi Stark should have had the back deep part of the field. Keeley runs with him, but then it's supposed to pass him off because you can see Keeley's like, okay, you, you, it, if you're watching the upper view, you don't see it, but when you see it from the field view, you can see him basically try to pass him off. And then he shades that way after the ball's in the air and it's too late. And everyone's like, oh, Keely Ringo got beat on that one. I thought he got beat too. I argued with Coach Donovan about it, and Coach points out, here's where it shows that they were in zone and he somebody didn't get deep enough on him. And it looked like it looked like it was a Malachi Starks issue, not a Keely Ringo one. But Keely had enough issues in the game where you're like, Damn, man, what's with all the pass interference calls? What's with the getting beat here? What's with the – at least he didn't get juked out of his shoes this week like he did last week. Hmm. But, Mr. Willie, I appreciate you calling in. Who's your game ball for offense and defense before we let you go? Well, Stess is offense. Yep. He's the man. Yep. Four touchdown um, throws, yep. I'm, I'm, I'm going for – Jalen? Number one, Jalen. <laughs> you know, how, how can you not go with him picking the guy up yeah. oh, and going, you know, I got you. Yeah. Hey, hey, William, uh, everyone, we've been talking about Stetson and all those quarterbacks for Heisman. If you want to go with the best college football player, how do you not pick 
uh, Jalen Carter for Heisman. I mean, it never gets a defensive guy ever, but I mean, again, that play where he's picking up Jaden Daniels is holding, long, you know, holding like you a teacup. Can't pick Jalen is because he was out for how many games? Yeah, he's out half the season, wasn't he? He was out half the season. Uh, yeah, but I mean, if you're if you're going objectively, who's who's your best player in college football right now? I'm like, I, no, I, I mean, the way he slapped down that the uh, right guard. To stop him on fourth down, yes, yeah, fourth and one, yes. Oh, well, I mean, that, yeah, that, you, that's going to be a hate crime. Yeah. It is. It I is mean, in twenty different that states. That was against the Geneva Convention. Yeah, you, you have to. You have to. Yeah, I mean, if you're going for the, he should have been arrested for assault. If you're going for the season, I, I love. I mean, I mean, Stetson will never get it, but I mean, my gosh, if you want the yeah. story, you want the guy that's accomplished. He's the man. Um, but, yeah, Jalen Carter's probably the best player in college football. Well, Mr. Will, I sure do appreciate you calling in. Well, Paul, good to see you. Is actually yeah. Miss Sue that figured out the technology to get me here? There we go. So, good say deal. hey to Sue. Hey, hey Miss Sue. Sue. Hey, here we go. All right, well, we'll see y'all. Thank y'all. See ya. Right, they're kicking me out of here. They're giving me dirty looks. They got to clean this room up. All right, clean it. Well, we've been on for two hours and eight minutes. I think oh, we're yeah, we have. Good. Hey, folks, uh, thank you for joining us. We're going to wrap it up here. Paul's getting kicked out of the stadium there. He's a lot of empty. Uh, they want to clean up. They got to pick up all his spit cups and uh, <laughs> all his uh, tobacco leavings there. So uh, Paul's got to leave that. Uh, big shout out to the Rogue Shop for being a sponsor. Seven, hey, give them the seven six apparel uh, logo. I mean the, the discount code. Uh, tonight, SEC twenty five guys. SEC twenty five. SEC twenty five over at the seven six. SEC twenty five. It would help us very much if you guys would go to the seven six apparel, order stuff from them. They're going to make it. Now it's not like you're ordering from Amazon. They're going to actually have to print it for you. Just because you see the mock up doesn't mean they have seven hundred. You know, products ready to go. They will make it for you. So it'll take some time for you to get it, but go to try SEC 2025. Uh, SEC 25. Yeah, put it in the chat. SEC 25 and put that in. And of course, our, our friends at ASW Distillery, I'm probably a little blurry from the sheer number of uh, old fashions I've had tonight. Uh, check out uh, ASW Distillery at the Battery. Try all three of their tasting rooms in Atlanta and be sure to tune in. We'll, we'll, Maybe next Sunday, call uh, Paul. We'll have a call-in show. Yeah, why not? Let's do All it. Right. Let's do All it. right, folks. So, we'll talk to you later. Y'all take care. Appreciate you so much. Oh, let me put the uh, outro in. We'll see you later. Uh, like the video, guys. Subscribe. See you.